Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vintage Book Club podcast, <laughs> where we talk about all the books, not just the horror ones. Hey everyone, welcome to the Vintage Horror Podcast, where we talk about all horror, not just the vintage kind. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me today I have Mark. What's going on? And Rob. And the body count rises. Today we will be talking about (laughs) I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997, but first, we'll crack a little one with the boys. I don't know. You guys got anything to crack, Mark? It's only been like a day. Yeah, day we recorded the other day. Days. I got an email. Um, so I'm big into golf. You two know that. And for the last six years, I've been applying to go to the get tickets to the Masters, which is the biggest golf tournament. And I got the email. They denied me again. Six years running. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Let's go 2021. They already told me like look forward to May 2021 to apply for the next ticket or May 2020 to apply for the next tickets, which would be 2021. Right? Yeah. So, it's pretty good. Other than that, work's almost done. We've got Friday tomorrow, but when you guys listen to this, it will probably be Thursday. It'll Wednesday. be like weeks from now. It'll be two so. weeks from now, something like that. Um, and what's going on with you, Rob? Aren't you doing a little uh, vacation or something this weekend? Yeah. So, I'll be traveling to Boston over the weekend just for a little getaway. A couple days in the city. Probably going to go do some whale watching. Check out the aquarium, do some historical little day trips. Um, you know, I'm I I love history, so Boston's full of it. So I'm sure I'll have a good time. Might even take a little trip uh, to Cape Cod on the way home. You know, I wish when we went there, Kyle, uh, Trav, and I, we did research, better research to find where things are. I literally did zero. I didn't. Well, we found out the day before, basically. Yeah. I remember at like twelve o'clock on a Thursday, I told my boss like, "Yeah, I need off tomorrow. We're going to Boston." She's like, "Okay," but when we, I remember we looked at like a graveyard or something like that where everyone was at the one time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I don't think we like did any planning ahead. No, of time. we didn't do. It was the absolute worst. So hopefully you, you do a little bit and have fun. Yeah, I did a little bit of homework this time, so I think I should be okay. Have you ever been there? When I was 18, I went on like a school trip, okay. and they planned everything for us, which was nice, and I just wasn't having it, but... Did you go then, or no? I never got offered that, no. It was the band. Aren't, oh, it was the band okay. Geeks. It was fun. So hopefully you have a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it it's just going to be nice to get away, honestly. I haven't traveled anywhere in a long time, so it's going to be nice to get out of New Jersey for a little bit and, you know, just relax. Well, unwind. you did go to Delaware a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that was awesome. So, did I talk about that on the on, on the podcast? I don't think so. How I'm geographically challenged? Uh, I know you told us, but I don't think you talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, so 
just so all 30 of our listeners uh, can just take some digs at me on, on not understanding how geography in the world works. Uh, I totally drove down to the bottom of New Jersey, Cape May, and decided, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, you know, I haven't taken the ferry in years, so I'm going to take the Cape May ferry, the Cape May Loose ferry across the Delaware, and then I'll drive back. Now, for those of you who don't know, because you may not live in New Jersey, but I'll explain as best I can. If you drive from where we are based on how the state's shaped to the Delaware Memorial Bridge, it's like, what, an hour and 20? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So my brain is like thinking, oh, from New Jersey to Delaware, it's an hour and 20. So I'll just drive back from the ferry. Not realizing all the mileage crossed by the water and the fact that the way the state's shaped, it's a lot further than I thought. So I landed and I started driving and I was like, oh my God, let's put in the GPS and see what happens. And the GPS was like three hours and 45 minutes until you're home. And I, I had a moment. I just looked at my GPS and I said, well... It's going to be the longest drive through Delaware of my life. So, yeah, I drove through. I, what, what was supposed to be a nice hour and 20-minute ride home turned into a three-hour and 45-minute trek back across Delaware. I saw a lot of farmland. Stopped at a genuine Delaware Starbucks. <laughs> it was very authentic. Couldn't you just get back on the ferry? That's what I thought. I did a one-way trip, and I'd already started driving, and the last ferry departed. Oh, okay. So I was out of options. Kind of keep a fool's day, you know? They were out of options. Got him. Got him. I was the fool. Anyway, what about about you, Kyle? Uh, There's not much news here. I did get a package yesterday from Vegan Horror on, that's his Instagram name at least, and uh, sells like shirts and stuff, horror shirts, and I ordered two shirts, and a third one came that I didn't order, and I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, so nobody tell him. Or everyone can tell him. I don't care. But so I'm wearing. <laughs> I'll DM him right sh- now and let him know. Yeah, I mean, vegans I'm, are pretty scary. I'm wearing his free shirt right now, so appreciate that. If he did it on purpose, I love you. If not, shh, don't tell him. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. What free shirt did you get? Uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Well, I can, I can read it, but you know why I said it. Yeah, that's very. And then cool on the back it says like dead meat or real dead meat. I think yes, real dead meat. Real dead meat. Good stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. That's it for me. So we ain't got nothing much going on? Nope. That's very good. So we'll hop right into our top three for today. Today we have a little theme going on. Um, with I know you did last summer. Theme today is summer. What did you do last summer? That's a pretty broad statement question. It's a little hard to answer that. <laughs> it was a joke. I don't even remember. I did. That one summer. thing pops in my head. I can say work because I know that's real. But besides that, oh, yeah, we did go to Monsterania. Sweat. I watched Evan nearly die in a firework accident. This that's year terrible. or last year? Last year. So our top three today is top three summer horror movies. Not released during the summer. <laughs> Damn, but I did it wrong then. Happened like they take place during the summer. At first, I'm not going to lie, when Rob came up with this idea, I said, I have zero fucking idea of, like, Jaws, that, that, or I know you did last summer. Fire 13th part 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I know you did last summer <laughs> 1 through 3. Yes. Because it's got summer in the name, that's the only reason I thought of it. Um, so, yeah, we'll start. Rob, what's your number 3, man? Okay, so my number 3 is uh, Friday the 13th part 
four. Um, I don't know. I just I know like the Friday the Thirteenth films technically you know most of them take place during the summertime, like minus a few. Some of them are like springtime, you know. But uh, I liked part four as an introduction to Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And I liked like Tommy Jarvis is like staring at like the girls and stuff and people, you know, going into the water and everything. It just, I don't know. It's just for me, it's one of the Friday the 13th to stick out for me. And it feels very summertime ish uh, to me. So when I think of like, if I had to think of all the Friday the 13th films and I think of one that takes place during summer, that's the one that tends to, to stick out for me. Right. The one that doesn't happen at a summer camp. Got it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> How about you, Mark? What's your number three? Well, mine is Friday Thirteenth Part Six, <laughs> one that does take place yes at a summer camp. I, that's what I was trying to Google because I was what? thinking I was like I don't think that's in the summer camp, right? That's the one four. No, yeah. four is not. Yeah. No, it's not. But there's like a lot of summertime antics going on. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, they all are. It's definitely during the summer though. Yes. Yeah. Which I obviously Friday Thirteenth Part Six is my favorite of the series. Like we talked about <clears throat> on the last podcast because. Uh, I talked about part six, Jason. Yep. Yeah, this one, I think part six has the most like, I don't know. Um, Cause there's like the one kill where he kills the guy and then in the water, the, the like MasterCard like floats. Yep. It's like, don't, yeah. So it has like a lot of like stupid stuff like that in it, but oh, it's always been my favorite of the series. Well, then I'm curious to hear what your two and one are. Why? Because that's your... Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Not yet, but... (laughs) What's your number three, Kai? uh, um, Friday the 13th, because... The the original from 2009 or the remake from 1980? Yeah, 1980. I just feel like that one, with all the counselors and specifically talking about how the kids are going to come and they have to get ready for like the summer camp, it just feels summer to me. They go swimming in the lake do summer things like you like Kevin Bacon don't you swim in the lake I just got a pin with Kevin Bacon of Kevin Bacon don't show Steve I want it with the arrow yeah I think you showed me that yeah apparently it's from Fright Rags I think but I didn't know that where'd you get it from Uh, somebody sold it from their like private collection oh okay yeah Rob what is your number two so my number two is a film from 1978, uh, Piranha. It's I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Uh, they they made they remade it I think in like 1994 or five something like that, and it was just well they have a Piranha one two and three D yeah three D and then they came out with double D yeah which yeah what was more recent right yeah, yeah that one's not good they tried to remake the original. Piranha in the night in the, like the mid nineties, and it just was literally. I think it was a TV movie, right? It might have been a made for TV movie. It was bad. Like I think IMDb has it rated like a three point eight. Yeah, like it was bad. I never. I tried to watch it. That one, the the remake, TV one, but I never ever finished it. it was so terrible. Yeah, the but I liked. I really do like the original, uh, seventy eight film. It it. Very similar to, you know, many of the monster in the water formulas like Jaws, like Placid and all those. But it's a cool, it's got a cool, like, military subplot. And I just enjoy it. It just, you know, nothing like getting eaten by thousands of little tiny fish. Great. Now I don't have to see it. It's 
Spoiler. Just ruined it for me. Alert. Mark number two. <laughs> cabin in the Woods. I assume it takes place in the summer, right? It's I'm pretty sure that's one of the, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's one of those movies when I first heard about it, I wasn't really into it, like the idea of it. And I always heard people talk about it saying it wasn't that good. And then when I finally saw it for myself, I was like, wow, this is good. I enjoyed it. It like makes fun of itself. It's aware of itself while still being good. I don't know if you, any of you have seen that yet. No. But I did hear that about it, that it like um, is very aware and it's, it, it pays the, homage to a lot of different movies. Yeah, it's very aware and I, and I always enjoy that about it. I know a lot of people were, weren't okay with the ending and whatnot, but one day we'll get to that and we'll watch it. So, what's your number two, Kyle? Did you just drop a spoiler on us? Well, I'm assuming if we're doing this, if I, I will get to something, that movie one day. You? Maybe I'll choose it next time I get to pick. Well, I choose before you so I can pick it right now. Right. God damn it. Um, so my number two is The Burning. That's a good movie. Yeah. A lot of people think it's just a ripoff of Friday the 13th. So you think The Burning is better than Friday the 13th? Yes. Okay. 110%. Okay. Why? You don't? No. <laughs> well, I would say The Burning is better than the original Friday the 13th, but not better than any... like I would pick the Friday 13th series over the burning so what you're saying is the burning is not better than Jason Voorhees yes like Cropsy isn't yeah but I, I don't I don't remember the guy's name it's Cropsy I, I refuse to see that for so long because people always compared those two well that's because it's almost the same kind of movie yeah but it was written first that's what he says but he said he wrote it like two years before um Tom Zavini's a liar I took his plate um you did take Tom Savini's plate. That's but true. so I always refused to like watch that movie because of that. And then finally one day I broke down and watched it. And I was like, oh, that's actually really good. But yeah, exactly. It's really good, and that's why it's my number two. Um, it's got what's his name in it. You're usually good with the names. The guy from fucking Seinfeld, Kramer, Jason Alexander. Yeah, Jason Alexander. He's in it. Um, I think the story's. Cool. The only the only part I don't like is the end of the movie, get, I. because it looks like when they filmed it, like they didn't know what they were doing, and then when they put the stuff together later, they said, "Oh shit!" Like <laughs> this doesn't add up, and they used literally the same scene like three different times, yeah, the same exact clip, and um, I don't know, but I like it a lot. It's a cool summer movie for did, me. Did that just come out on Blu-ray or get a new release or something like that, or? Recently, or something about that? Um, unless it was in the UK, I'd say no, because oh. it came out years ago from Scream Factory. Oh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory. Oh, maybe it was on sale or something. That's why I kept seeing it. That could have been. Uh, I like the kills in it. The effects are good. Uh, Tom Savini did pass up uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 to work on this. And, um, yeah, I like it. What's your number one, Rob? I have, I have a feeling I know what your number one's going to be, but I'm going to... Hold on to that. Um, I think your number one is. I think your number one Jaws. is. Jaws. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, two, Jaws. two movies that are the same. Weird. They're definitely not the same. Well, Piranha's a spoof on like Jaws. But. Yes. Uh, no, I just. Ever since I was a little kid growing up in a, in, a, in a seaside town, you know, Jaws is the ultimate terror. The idea of once you're in the water. You're at that animal's mercy. And, I mean, 
I would imagine most of our listeners have seen Jaws, so I'm not going to spoil anything crazy right now. But, you know, when that little kid gets it in the early part of the film, you know, when you're when you're a five, six-year-old kid and you go to the beach with your mom and everything and, you know, you go out on those rafts and stuff like that and you see that, you very easily can put yourself in that in that position. So Jaws is one of those films that I probably watch every year. I love it. I think it's a masterpiece in cinema. I think that what Steven Spielberg was able to do with Peter Benchley's work is incredible. And to me, you can't tell me, Kyle, after growing up in Point Pleasant, that when you see a lot of the festivities and stuff going on, like the people sitting on the beach, like it doesn't remind you of Point Pleasant growing up. Or like Manasquan or Seaside and stuff like that. Well, I don't go to the beach, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, that's Rob, a, you might that's, be talking that, to the wrong person. That's a lie right now because you went to the beach with me once. Where was it at? Manasquan, maybe? Yes. Uh, and I went surfing and you sat on the beach and miserable the whole time. That sounds like Kyle, so yeah. a true story, I bet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so but that's... That's, that's one point. of the reasons I don't go into the water and I don't like the beach. Because of Jaws. Wait a minute, did you, go sure, to, yeah. you went, did you go to the... Because a fake shark from 1978. When we went to Hawaii, did you go in the ocean? Yes. I'm pretty sure you did. You guys went to Hawaii? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We went to Kalamas, right? I don't know. Kailua Beach. Name. Yeah, we went to Kailua, Kailua Beach. Beach. Kailua yeah. Ren Beach? But, <laughs> yeah, like when I would go to my aunt and uncle's house, um, like every time I would go there when I was little, we'd watch Jaws. So are you scared of the water? Is that what you're saying? No. But I think somewhere... In me, subconsciously, yes. I'm pretty sure Jaws ruined like the ocean for me. Yeah. What about Cake by the Ocean? No, I don't. That's dumb. <laughs> that song. band sucks. Yeah. Whoa. Well, no. they, that band does suck, but they're not together anymore. I don't think. Well, I think they are, but they're well, just they taking suck, a little so. breaky break. Um. But yeah, what's your uh, number one mark? Can anyone guess it or no? Uh, Sleepaway Camp. Jaws 3D. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Jaws. Now, uh, I believe it takes place during the summer, uh, Lost Boys from 1987. So, I wasn't sure about that either. I think it takes place in the summer. I kind of sort of tried to look that up, and then I was just like, yeah, I don't care I'm pretty sure it does, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. But then again, it's filmed in California, so that's why no one's wearing like a sweatshirt and jeans and stuff. Yeah. But also, like the kid, the reason I thought it definitely is is because the kids are just running around and never in school. Yeah, that's most movies, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the summer, so that's my number one. At first, it wasn't. I was going to have, um, I don't remember what I was going to have, Cabin in the Woods, I think, number one, and have a different one at three. But Lost Boys is one of my favorite films of all time. And I can't wait to one day review that. Maybe it will be soon. I'm shutting it down. We're not reviewing. <laughs> shutting it down. <laughs> okay, fucking, um, that I can't remember his fucking name. Mouse Rescue. Mouse Burge. John Taffy? Yeah, when he would shut it down. Shut it down! <laughs> and yeah, I know it's Taffer for people listening. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't want to go too much into that because I, I definitely will pick that movie one day. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll pick it first, so. Well, what's your number one, Kyle? Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Which one? The first one. Never seen it. Yes, you have. Okay. Only like one part. What, the end? Yeah. That movie's good. It's so cheesy. The kills are kind of like weird in it, but the effects that they do have are pretty good. And obviously, like it's known for its ending. I I was watching something. Maybe it was the Dead Meat channel when they talked about it, like Sleepaway Camp, because they just reviewed all those Mm -hmm. uh, for the kill count. And he said like, 
it's a shame that it's mostly known for its ending. But like, if it didn't have that ending, yeah, nobody would talk about it yeah. at all because he's like, well, it's quirky and it's like weird and off tone, but it's in a like really good way. And I agree, but I think the ending definitely makes I, that movie. I definitely checked it out because I always heard ending, the ending, the ending, yeah. the ending, the ending. Yeah, and I think that's what most people, and I think that's what caused it to live on today the way it does. But I love that movie. I hope you pick it at some point. Somebody will. Have you ever seen it, Kyle? I mean, uh, Rob? No, I've never seen it. Are you fucking for real? Yeah, Sleepaway Camp is one of the few I've never seen. Wow. But I like know that you love that film. And I remember we were walking around the plaza one night. And some homeless dude on the bench was like, oh, saw your Sleepaway Camp shirt. And he was like, oh, I, I love that movie. It's so good. Yeah. People, honestly, if all, all the shirts I wear, people probably talk, try to talk to me like the most when I wear a Sleepaway Camp shirt. That's how my guy Jimmy, who I play Pokemon with, he like started talking to me about horror mm. movies because of that shirt. Um, the fucking homeless people at the Brick Plaza talk to me, <laughs> but I don't know. It's a good movie. I don't want to get too deep into it. Are you just trying to copy me? No, I really don't want to get too deep into it right now. But like, I do love that movie, and I love Felissa Rose because she is so fucking nice. Hands down, probably one of the nicest celebrities we ever met. I, th- I don't even know if we... I think we did talk about it after yeah, we went to NJ Harcon. We talked about it on the sick. podcast. But the way she, like, asked us for a hug, is that was, like, weird. And I, she was just so nice. I don't know. Everyone... I don't know. Go she, meet her. She's very cheap, too. Yeah, she's very cheap. Yeah, I think and, it was $25 or $20. And that's for, like, a autograph and a picture. Yeah. And she, like, loves people. When most celebrities at conventions now are, like, $40. Maybe more. for an Just for an autograph. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps up our top three. Did you guys enjoy that? Did was anything unexpected? I f- I would figure you would have one Friday Thirteenth in there and Sleepaway Camp. Burning surprised you. Burning surprised me. Rob, I knew who's picking Jaws number one when that that came out. Yeah, I had a feeling. Too. But I would never expect Rob to pick Piranha. Jaws was almost on my list. My number three was either going to be Jaws or Friday Thirteenth. But why don't you just is- put them all there? But the thing is, I think there's ties, guys. I watch Friday the Thirteenth more than Jaws. That's the only reason I put that instead of Jaws. And I was I was actually a little nervous to put Part uh, Four as my pick because I was I literally thought to myself too. I was like, pretty sure nobody's at camp in that one. Yeah, but that does It's during the summer though. Yeah, but it's still like most of them. I feel like the camp theme. The last what is the last one to have camp involved was what six. Um. Kind of, sort of. They show you the camp in part eight. Like, they show it yeah. like, on the shore. Yeah, right? but like, the, but, but have, you don't. To yeah. be part of the plot, I think the last one. Yes, is six. Is six. At, well, in part nine, isn't she like running through the camp when they like all the lights go on and they fuck him up? She's like in one of the. She's it's like, like in a, a cabin. cabin. Yeah, she's yeah. like in a cabin by herself. It, it's not a camp. But she runs outside, though, and that's when they turn the lights on and shit, like on him, right? Yeah, but it's just a cabin and they have lights set up outside. It's not like at a camp. Yeah. That's when they, that's when they 911 his ass. I don't know if you meant like nine eleven or they call nine one one the cops. <laughs> they said we got him now nine one one please. FBI open up. FBI open up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Nothing surprised me really. So, really? really, I am liking the new list format though of doing threes. It, it seems it's moving nice and it's got a good pace to it. Good feel. Yeah, we'll see how that how long that lasts. I will say though, burning. I almost made this five. I almost texted you guys and said make it five. I didn't expect burning to be on your list. The burning, yeah. I didn't even know Kyle saw it until right now. The fuck are you talking about? Whoa, you know there, buddy boy. You know I took Tom Savini's plate. I won't hesitate yours. 
Uh, all right, so then we'll move right on in to the main event, which I don't think I said in a while. So, Proud pretty sure you me. said that last on Tuesday or whenever we recorded last. No, I didn't. No, he didn't. He nope. didn't. Nope. Mm-mm. It didn't even come out, Rob. How do you even know? Because I was sitting here. Were he's, you? You know, what? he's got a point there. All right, so oh, I couldn't hear you from over here. That's why the main event. <laughs> I know what you did last summer from 1997 was adapted from a book by the same name written by Lois Duncan. From 1963, right? What year the book came out? Yeah, 1963. Oh, I don't know. It's either 63 or 73. I can't remember off the top of my head. I would say probably 73, if I had to guess. Um, Who actually hated the movie. Yes. Because it's a lot different, but also she didn't like how it became like a slasher because her daughter was killed in a shooting and like, they never found who did it. It was like a, it was accidental. I think like she wasn't obviously a target little girl, but mm-hmm. she was um, killed, and they, I don't think they ever solved the case. So she thinks that like violence being normalized in these sort of movies is like very untasteful. But she wrote distasteful. The book. But the thing is, it has nothing to do with like slashers. Like yeah. the whole fisherman, the, all yeah, that stuff the, was they added. They hit the little kid or something. Yeah, like that. they hit a little kid on like a, a like bike. a tricycle or so, yeah. or on a bike, not a grown ass adult in the book and it's more like a I don't want to say a mystery kind of book but it has nothing to do with like it's not a slasher or so murder. it's loosely bla- loosely yeah. based on the plot yes yeah, 100% okay. uh, it was released on October 17th 1997 wow it was my birthday no it's not yeah you're right three <laughs> days away uh, it was rated R for respect 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb when I saw it was rated R, I was like, what made it R? Yeah. Some of the gore, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit of the blood. Right. I think nowadays that would, this would be PG-13. Mm-hmm. 110%. And um, had an estimated budget of $17 million, which is kind of a lot. But at the same time, for something that was this successful, I'd say no. Yeah. Um, and Because it, it grossed worldwide $125.5 million. Yeah. Wow. So they definitely made some fucking money back, and it doesn't surprise me why they made a sequel. Yeah, no, I agree. You could get something to say. No, shut your mouth. I was just trying. I was like actually like trying to do the math in my head. I was like, Jesus God, that's a massive. Yeah, I think it made like seventy-five million in America and fifty-three overseas, which is like wild. Yeah, I don't remember what the other country was, but it made like twenty-two million in another country alone. Yeah, another everywhere else it was like a million here, like a few hundred thousand there. Which is weird because traditionally U.S. horror movies don't export well. From my understanding. I think most horror movies don't export well. Maybe like Canada and like America probably share a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean like Japanese horror and Korean horror, they tend to export pretty well across Asia and Europe. But uh, like traditionally our horror movies, aside from like maybe your big budget, like your well-known names, don't necessarily export too well. So that's pretty awesome that this film did so well worldwide. Uh, it was directed by Jim Gillespie. This movie... um we did um, Valentine, and the guy I think Jamie Blanks did that, and he put a tape into like like sent the studio a tape because he wanted to direct this, uh-huh. but they like they already picked someone like this dude a week earlier, yeah. So he just missed out. And this guy honestly oh, isn't shucks. known for like very much, like under his belt he has Joyride, and I think that was like his biggest. Didn't movie he do besides. Venom? Yeah, Venom, but that's not even like one of his big, not like 
Marvel Venom. Oh, he didn't do Marvel Venom? No. This was like a horror movie from like hmm. 2006 or something Get like that. the fuck out of here. I thought he did Marvel Venom. <laughs> no. I'm like, this is weird. This guy no. directed this and fucking the Marvel Venom. No. What no. a weird... It was like a... It's a horror a weird movie career. Right? I was going to make that joke, but I totally forgot, honestly. But he... Do you want to redo it? No. Um. So, but... What's weird is, I don't know if you guys know, but he actually didn't even think of this as a horror movie when he shot it. Weird. Yeah. He thought of it as like a more of like a tale of morality, which it kind of is. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, he didn't see it as a horror movie. He's like, horror? That's weird. But mother sucker, it's a straight slasher. What are yeah. Talking about? <laughs> um, screenplay was written by Kevin Williamson, and everybody should know him. Never heard of him. Rod, do you know who that is? Yeah. Who is he? It's Kevin Williamson. Yeah, what, did he, what else did he write? Did things. You're fucking so you annoying. Do you right really now. not know? No. He wrote... Okay, so it says Scream 1 through 4, but I don't know if just... He the, didn't do 4, I didn't think. Or I, he didn't I, do okay, 3. So you didn't let me finish. Oh, I was sorry. literally still talking. The <laughs> thing is, I don't know... It, some of the credits say like characters and like uh, story or something mm-hmm. like that, but I don't know if they just mean like he created Scream, so he kind of gets credited for the rest of them too. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I don't know. What's weird is also he wrote this before Scream and he tried to sell this and no one would buy this movie. Nobody wanted Scream at first either. But I'm saying... Yeah. I get it. Because people look at this kind of shit and they're like... So this was wrote before Scream and they tried to sell it and then that's when he went on to Scream and when that got picked up and it did as well as it did, like I think Columbia bought it, maybe? Whatever that studio company is. They bought it like immediately from him. The, the um, movie. From I him. know. So I'm this came out. Sure. How long after Scream? Uh, two years. No, one year. One year. Oh, you're right. Because right, I know Scream is largely credited with rebooting the slasher genre. For the. It kind of brought in a whole wave of like '90s yeah. teen horror stuff, which right? I'm all, which I'm all about. But yeah, and I know that this film is also credited with keeping that legacy going, and as a as a big like well, notch it's, mark. In it's that. mostly him that kept it. Yeah. Like, he. He. Okay, so he's definitely a man of the, his generation. Like, the, like he defined this generation of horror movies because he, of course, Scream. He wrote The Faculty, Ooh, Curse, good movie. Oh Lord. Okay, and he also wrote TV shows such as Dawson's Creek, The Following, The Vampire Diaries, and he Stalker. was credited. Yeah, he was credited for um, the Scream TV series too, but I don't know if it's, that's a, the same shit. I think it's just the name. Yeah, but yeah. Um. Wow. And at first, uh, Miramax wanted to like sue this company that like was promoting everything, like the distribution company, I guess, or whoever makes the promotional stuff. Because on the first like promotional posters, it said um, from the something from Scream, right? Said like uh, the creator of Scream. That's what it said. Well, he really is, but okay. But at the same time, Miramax was like, "Well, it's not fair because Wes Craven directed it, and he's like a big part of what Scream was too." Yeah. So, like, they tried suing, and then um, they just said, fuck it, we'll just take that off, like, the posters to yeah. prevent a lawsuit. So they dropped everything. Sony. That's who uh, made this, Sony. I don't think they're the one that bought it, though. One of their other things bought it. It could be, but it, Sony's definitely the parent company. Uh, it stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, who everyone should know from... Never heard of her. Sister Act 2. Absolutely, baby. <laughs> House Arrest. Yep. Trojan War, yep. which is weird because she was also in Boy Meets World one episode. It was like a, a Halloween horror episode. So she was in Boy Meets World with the brother, fucking might have forget his name, but he was also like 
Trojan War. He was the guy in Trojan War. Okay. Um, Can't Hardly Wait, Disney's Hercules, which I didn't know she was in that. Party of Five, The Tuxedo, Garfield, Tropic Thunder, Ghost Whisperer. Anything else? Heartbreakers, 911, Criminal yeah. Minds. Yeah, so I wanted to like name a bunch of shit, but I was like, how long do I make this list? Yeah. <laughs> which is also, um, before she even auditioned, they gave the role to Melissa Joan Hart. It's well, they, like, they offered it. Yeah, they said it's yours, and she said no. I can't yeah. imagine that. And then they yeah. also they wanted um, Daniel Harris to interview to um, audition for it, and she said no. That's crazy. Jennifer Love Hewitt's just is when I think of this movie, she's so iconic in her role. Like I can't imagine anybody else. Oh yeah, she did such a good job. And also when she first auditioned, she auditioned for um, Helen. Did she really? Yeah, yeah. And Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar auditioned for Julie. That's weird. Yep. But that happens a lot where people do that and then they switch it up. Uh, okay, so speaking of Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's also in this, and she might be known maybe for one or two things. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie? Yeah. No, no, no. The show. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Angel, the show. Uh, Cruel Intentions, another big one. Scooby-Doo, Scream 2. Do you want to die, CC? Uh, Small Soldiers. I fucking hate that movie. It's a great movie. What? What are you talking about? I always hated it. Kirsten Dunst is in it, right? Uh, Yes. She's the sister. It's a great movie. And The Grudge. She's all that. Was she in that? Yes. Star Wars Rebels. Yes, I did know that. Um, And speaking of Cruel Intentions, which I said eight films ago, Ryan Philippe. Philippe? This is my guy, man. I miss him. That's the only thing I really knew that like that he was in. He's in Fifty Four, but I don't know what that is. With uh, fucking Neve Campbell, uh, that TV show Shooter that was on USA. I watched the first two seasons. Um, he's also in Cruel Intentions. Did you say that? <laughs> Which what uh, funny is when they wanted to cast this part, they wanted some dude that was like six two and built like a football player, but he won the part. So. Yeah. He's like 5'10". And the, part of the reason that he got it was because he was dating Reese Witherspoon at the time. Yeah. Who I think they said they wanted for the this movie, but she denied it too. I don't know. Or she tried out and didn't get it. It was one of the two. But I think it was they asked her and she said no. But yeah. then she was like, oh, but you should try out for this. Which is kind of like a backhanded thing to do. But <laughs> Yeah. Backhanded comment. Yeah, um, Freddie Prince Jr. My fucking guy, love you. Also known for She's All That, Scooby-Doo, Star Wars Rebels. Anything else you want on the list? Summer Catch. Marrying Sarah Michelle I will bring that up every podcast ever. Well, yeah, obviously marrying Sarah Michelle Gellar, but... He um, also, I think, used to write for WWE. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. You're right. Yeah. he And I think he's a Twitch streamer, or used to be, or something. And at first, he was he almost wasn't cast for this. Yes, because um, he wasn't really well known, and his parents or his father work was a comedian or something like that, a well known comedian, um, and they thought that like he looked too soft for the part. So I think he like cut his hair or something, and then like worked out a little bit and yeah. came back and like um, re interviewed or did whatever. What the fuck is that called? Auditioned. Auditioned. But he's definitely got like the pouty model face and like the way he acts. But if you want my personal opinion, I think he's the weakest link on this. But that's what I'm saying. Like, their concern was that he was too soft or that he wasn't like, right? Like, 
I think he's I, perfect for what they cast him for. I do not believe him as a fisherman. That's the one part I don't like. Well, he, like, no, they he, wanted, like, comes off the boat perfectly, and he's like, let me get my pouty lips for you. But the thing is, they wanted someone that was, like, a soft guy. Not originally. He, well, so originally he auditioned to play Skeet Ulrich's part in Scream, and Kevin Williamson told him, like, yo, I'm writing a movie, and I'm, and I want you to apply to be in it, uh, audition to be in it. Like, well, I'll get you in it. Mm-hmm. And then... That's how he got the part from this because of that. So, okay, okay, I see what you did there. Well, I didn't do anything. He did. He did it. Um, he could. He wasn't good <laughs> enough to be in Scream. That was basically it. Also, in this movie was Anne Hesch, Hetch, best known for marrying Ellen DeGeneres, and in Psycho, nineteen ninety-eight. She's also in Volcano. She was really good in that movie. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Tommy She's Lee also Jones. in John Q too. Dude, yeah, that's I, my movie, Volcano Dog. I knew John Volcano's Q. a good movie. Dude, that movie's sick. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. I've never even heard of it. You should see it. It's a really good movie. You should watch movie. it right now. Right, hold She's on, also me. in that TV show, Hung, I believe. Was she? Yeah. Do you remember the band name Hung? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, Bridget Wilson. Oh, Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, who's known for Mortal Kombat, Billy Madison. That Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. I know from experience, dude. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Well, not me personally, but a guy I know. Him and her got it on. Woo-wee! <laughs> no, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, House on Haunted Hill and Last Action Hero. That's a good movie, too. I like that movie. Well, I think that's what really got her into acting, I believe, correct? Because, like, she was Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter in that, yeah? She was really young in that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, like, after that, I think she was like, fuck, yeah, I want to do this to hang out with Schwarzenegger. Dude, that movie's so meta. I love it. And uh, the last person that I'll mention is John Galecki. And he's not really known for very much, so. Yeah. He was on Roseanne. And he was in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He was on Big Bang Theory? I got you again, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I you, you always I knew, I knew you were going to do it. I can see your, I I can see your fucking smirk from here. You, <laughs> Watching you, this movie, I kept calling him Leonard. But the best thing is about this is... That's what I always want to call him every time. I guess a couple years prior to this, when or when him and Jennifer Love Hewitt... I always say Hewitt because Johnny. Hewitt, um, they lived in the same apartment building. Mm-hmm. So he, when he was in National Lampoon's uh, Vacation... His younger sister used to be friends with Jennifer, and I think that's how he got in the movie. She like called and said, "Oh, you guys should check out this guy, Johnny Galecki. He's like a big. He's like a from Roseanne." What's weird to me is he's supposed to be like an asshole in this, and like they cast the wrong person for that. Yes, one hundred ten percent. Okay, well, by 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 today's standards, he's a fucking pussy boy. Yeah, like well, and I don't think it helps now that whenever I see him, I only think Leonard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this little fucking pussy boy is telling That's me. That's what I'm saying. Like, 20 years ago, maybe, he, or 22 years but ago, like, he might have been a badass. But now, I would fucking spit on him. I could not get a read on his character for the life of me for this. Like, like if he was supposed to be a pussy or like a bully yes, or a like rich in the, snob. In the, his or, first scenes, I'm like, okay, so this guy obviously gets picked on. And then like he later on, he'll like roll up on him yeah. and he'll be like, what's up, pussy boys? And you're yeah. like, what? Yeah, and he tries to act like he's got like all this money, but he's also a fisherman. So He's a fucking idiot. But there's one more person <laughs> I want to mention, but it, go ahead. it's my guy, Muse. That is um, plays Benjamin Willis. He's on Prison Break. That's about it. Oh, never seen it, so I wouldn't know. 
Well, it's mine. You ever watch Prison Break? No. It's yeah, like one of my either. favorite shows of all time, so. I hear it's good. Cute Poison. All right, so let's jump into the fucking movie, man. It starts with like a title card, straight straight up title card, and uh, opening credits over some shots of the water, with slowly. Summer Breeze playing by Typo Negative. What is, okay, can somebody please explain that fucking band to me? Why do people love like that band? Because I think they started ASMR. Oh, like just like tone deaf they are, but what's funny is I'm not fucking with you. Um, I think it's Graveyard Goods. They're coming off the shirt that says Summer Breeze in the typo negative way. Yeah, I know, and I think it's because of this. Yeah, yeah they posted something about a typo negative like a while ago, and people were like, "Oh fuck you!" Like talking shit on them. They're good. You wouldn't. You probably like Slipknot, like all this shit. I'm like, bro, I like Slipknot. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I checked them out. I'm like. This that is the worst good. band I don't, ever. I, don't want, I used to listen to like that one CD with I Don't Want to Be on it. I've never heard of them before recently, and I don't think they're good. I don't know. They're like metal. But yeah, I like the... When I... I totally forgot that it's them. When it started playing, I said, oh my God, this is typo negative. And then I've been that later that night when I watched it yesterday, when I was on Instagram, I saw like on my Explore post, Graveyard Goods. So I clicked it, and I was like, oh my God, they're making a shirt. It says Summer Breeze, Make Me Feel Fine, or So Fine, whatever it is. I think it sounds good. I like it. I've never. It's also a cover from like the '60s or something. There's uh, a lot of that in this. A lot of. Well, covers. this movie also. There's like, a cover. <laughs> no, <laughs> they made two soundtracks: one for like the music that plays in it, and then one for like a score. I could see that though. Yeah, and I think it's someone said it was like one of the first times like a horror movie did that. Oh. Which made sense because it had like a bunch of stuff like songs from the '90s, I guess, and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely a, t- a movie of the '90s. So yeah, that that's, something, that, that's something that's like lost and today in movies. I did notice like, there was a lot of like metal in this. Yeah, movie. That's how like all those movies are. Yeah. Also, like um, edgy. Uh, Jennifer, um, I think she was like 17 when they filmed this. Was she? Yeah, she's because she's only she just turned 40. Did she really? Yeah. Wow. Did I tell you uh, like years ago? Um, I went to Fye. No, Suncoast Video. Maybe I think I was with you, Rob. And they were like, oh, like, if you want, you can sign up for any three magazines for free for six months. And I'm like, yeah, no. And they're like, no. And the guy was like, no, really, it's like free for six months. You just choose three magazines. I was like, all right. So I was choosing them. Uh, Rob's like, get Playboy. And I said, <laughs> Rob right. would I say said, that. I said, I'll get Playboy, uh, Maxim, and Rolling Stones or something like that. And fucking, she was in one of the Maxim magazines that came. Like, it was like a bunch of stuff of her. I was like, wow, she still looks really good. And I thought she was, like, already 40. No, she not, just... Not that she looked it, but I was, like, just because I remember her from, like, this movie. And I'm, like, it's been no, she's how many young. fucking years? Like, she's yeah. young. She might have been... I think she was 17 when they filmed it. Yeah. I really wish she would do conventions. I really do. Same Z. Like, this whole cast, I wish. Honestly. Freddie Prince Jr. is supposed to be to what? Like, two conventions we've been to? He Well, no. He went to uh, Fan Expo Boston last year. But then I wanted to go just for him. And you wanted to go from some girl from X-Men that I can't remember her name. Anna Paquin? No. no. For fun with an F. Femica? Famica Johnson? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was at Rhode Island Comic Con the one year, but he canceled. Yeah. I wish he did like a convention Femica that I went Jansen. to. I love this guy. I love Freddie Prince. Yeah. That's my guy guy. So, I don't think Sarah Michelle Geller likes doing conventions, and she's very expensive when she does Star Wars Celebration the one time. She was. That was a bit of a controversy, how expensive she was. She can but justify she, it though. She was in fucking Buffy, like this, Cruel Intentions. Dude, I think Scooby it was like 125 or 154 an autograph. Oh well, you want to meet her? Yeah, know? I do. So and I will pay it. Yeah, I probably would. 
Even though I said I won't pay over a hundred for a person, but I'll definitely pay more money for that for Jamie Lee Curtis. So I would probably pay. So if you listen to this, Jamie Lee Curtis, you want to make a cool three hundred bucks? Let me know. <laughs> Sounds a little creepy, but <laughs> um, so as they like pan to land, they kind of skip over to a guy who's sitting like on the edge of a cliff, which is on like the side of a windy road. Yeah, which also. Um, this movie's supposed to be in North Carolina, which most of the time it's filmed there, but there's a couple shots like this one where they had to go to California because the guy directing said North Carolina's the flattest state ever and they couldn't find any <laughs> curv- curvy roads or like hills or anything like that, so they had to do it in California coast. So this was supposed to, in the movie, take place in North Carolina? Yes. I thought it, honestly... Because that's was... a real town. They call it Southport, and that's the real town in North Carolina they're at. Oh, I thought that... It was supposed to take place in a town in California. I had no idea. No. Just because of the road, I just already yeah. Like, so that's from the very beginning. That's what I said. Yeah. So it's supposed to take but place you, in North Carolina. You know what? You know why that confused Which me? Because like everybody, our main characters in the film have do not have southern draws at all. But then when they go visit Missy in the sticks, she's like, "What y'all coming out here for?" I'm well, like, they specifically oh. said she's like in the sticks. Yeah. So they're a bunch of fucking racist city peoples. Um. Yeah, he's like holding on to a pendant and look at like uh I guess the fireworks like start. Yeah, and he's drinking the beer. Uh they switch to like a what's known as I guess Croker's beauty pageant. And Is that what it's called? Croker's? Yeah. Or Kroger's the food store. Croker's, like a Or Chad Kroger. Like croquet. Uh where but Helen not. is like a finalist on stage and Julie, Barry, and Ray are watching from the balcony. Uh, Ray, <laughs> this this scene I cannot get fucking scary movie out of my head. When yeah. she's up there talking, yeah. everyone's like, "I fucked her." Yeah. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And the dude up top's like, "Wait, what? Yeah. That's my girlfriend. What are you talking about?" Like, that? like the, I, the, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where I couldn't get scary movie out of yeah. my head and like just laughed to myself like while I'm typing this. Like I I'm well, I'm supposed to be watching a scary movie right now. Yeah, yeah. no, scary I have movie. the same problem. Did such a good job. They really on this did. And they really scream. did. Hell yeah! Uh, but I, my favorite part of this whole scene is when Ray's like, "I had no idea her breasts were so ample." Like right in front of his girlfriend. And then Barry, <laughs> and then fucking Barry's like, "Yeah, you're right." And I'm like, "That's your fucking friend, and that's your girlfriend." Like, yeah. And then um, Julie, who's Jennifer Love Hewitt, is all like, "Can you guys relax? Like something about like too much sexism already?" Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. But of course, like you know, Helen wins because she's she one has of the, to win. Yeah, she's one of the main characters, so she's got to win. And then it's party time by the docks, uh, and Helen's walking around with Julie, and her sister passes by and asks if she's riding home with her tonight. But she says no, and that's when Max comes up and tries to talk to Julie, and I think he like offers to um, like buy her a drink and then take her out before she leaves. I guess. After the summer, yeah, she's like, like "Oh no, I can't take you up on that offer," which yeah. I would assume he would, she would, he would know that she dates the dude Ray. But I think that they were friends at one point, and it's like a thing like where they were younger and they were friends, uh, and he probably did have a crush on her. That's well, sure. what I got out of it, and like, but now like, because immediately she went over and like held Ray's hand and stuff. Yeah, well, Ray comes up and like with yeah. Barry, and um, when Barry and Ray comes up, you can tell Barry's already like little tipsy and. Tries to like get rid of Max, but then like a fight almost. Well, breaks no, out. but he takes the alcohol, he drinks the shot, Barry. Yeah, 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 and then pushes Max out yeah. of the way. Yeah, well, he yeah. tells him like get out of here. Yeah, to like get lost, and then like a fight almost breaks out. 
but like the like they're ready to fucking Ray. Wrestle. So Ray breaks it up, and then he's like, "Like what the hell?" And Barry's like, "I'm just protecting your girl, like I told you I would." Like, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the part they wanted, like for Ray. I think like a soft ass bitch. I honestly. Then they got a soft ass bitch because he seems like a little fucking bitch in this. I fucking yeah. love Freddie Prince though. Yeah, I love Freddie Prince Jr., but he's like definitely a beta male in this. <laughs> and then they say, let's go to Dawson's Bay, which is probably because. Next to the creek? Well, because he was writing Dawson's Creek. So. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the beach and they're sitting around a fire where Ray's telling us a story of some like urban legend of a killer with a hook hook for a hand. And then they all just start talking about wrong ur- urban legends and mix and match and everything. Yeah. And then Ray has to fucking correct him and say, no mother suckers. He had a hook for a hand and then he killed the little girl. And then they get up and Helen, I guess straddles Barry. and was like, Oh, you're going to be a quarterback for the Denver Broncos or something like that. She's like, no, he's like the Cowboys. So like, you're going to, you're going to impregnate me. We're going to have three kids. Yeah. She goes, you're going to go to rehab. I'm, I'm like, right? oh. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm glad that we got this all settled. Yeah. And then while this is going on, like, um, Julie's Ray. walking around. No, Julie's walking around like lost as fuck. Like Ray. Yeah. Ray. And Ray runs up on her and like scares the oh. shit out of her. You're on the beach. You fucking, go, where did you go? There's nothing there. You yeah, go two directions. Well, it's also it's dark out, you know? <laughs> they had that big bonfire going. Yeah, they were 80 feet away from it. It's dark out except for the moon that made it bright as daylight. We've and already this talked my, about this. This is my favorite part. There's dark parts of movies, but we have to be able to see. If they just filmed the fucking dark screen, we'd be <laughs> like, also, I don't see anything. Also, this these scenes too here in the beginning, yeah. this movie does the one thing I think we've all talked about, we hate movies, where the background noise is as loud as them talking or louder. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the beginning. It's fucking terrible. Which part? Like when you hear the ocean and stuff like that, that's as loud as them. Oh, I didn't even notice it. Drives yeah. me nuts. It is a little... When they're at the bar, everyone's louder than them. Oh, like when that whole party Yeah, like everything, yeah. That, everything in the first cool. couple scenes is like that, and it's fucking irritating. Yeah. But... It's realistic. This, yeah, well, this is my this is one of my favorite things when um, they're Julie and Ray are talking, and she's like, "You're gonna go to college, forget about me, and start dating some girl with a, her head shaved, her t- and tattoos." And like, I'm just thinking to myself, in 1997, was that like a thing? Like girls shaving their head and stuff like that? I've seen that's more so nowadays. It's, it was about to be. <laughs> well, no, it was like um, I don't want to say like a. He's saying like an edgy kind of girl. Yeah, like, well, yeah, that's, that's what a, she said. Like, it was definitely a thing in the 90s. But yeah. I'm saying the way she said it was like... Well, tattoos weren't as big. So yeah. like he's saying like just someone who's... The, uh, she's saying someone who's the opposite of her pretty yeah. much. Someone who's not the wholesome girl he, next door. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. Julie, I guess, is talking to Ray about all this. And then she decides like she wants to fucking do it on the beach. He's like, really? You sure? Right now? So then I guess they made Hell sex yeah, on babe. the beach. I don't really know. And then he, they, then he gave her a screaming pelican, and that was it. I don't know I don't, what I that is. Well, and then I'm they're walking to... away, and Helen wants to take Ray's keys because he's drunk. He's I guess he's the only one that was drinking. Yeah, and, he, well, he, and not just drinking, but drinking hard. Which also, I think, at, what's funny, when they filmed this movie, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was the only one that was 21 at the time. And he bought all their yeah, alcohols. Yeah, like, which is weird. And so then... Helen's trying to get the keys from Barry and he keeps saying no one drives my car and then he gives her the keys and gives it to then she gives them to Ray and Barry's again like no one drives my car but he already has the keys like I don't understand yeah he, he just, he's just drunk yeah I know yeah like, he's he just saying stupid shit I think he was drunk he's, can, he's, I, can I just say for the record that 
it only took me 10 minutes to say like I can't wait till Barry it, I really just hope he just dies horribly Barry's my guy bro Barry's just making me mad I have a question Rob was this the first time you ever saw this movie no oh okay but like obviously I don't want to like talk too much about what goes on ahead but like I don't I don't want to spoil a movie by thinking about it when I'm watching it <laughs> <laughs> but literally, I just I just remember I forgot how much I hated Barry. Yeah, I love him. He reminded me of every kid in high school that I wanted to like throw out a window. So when they're finally they're driving, and Barry and Helen are in the back making the not sex but making out and whatnot. Yeah, like that's how Helen, I like how she. Enti- that's how Helen gets him yeah. to give up the keys. She yeah. says like, "Oh, I'll let you do things to me in the back." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's ever said that to me. Why can't it happen to me? Just wondering. Um, <laughs> so while they're they're making the sex in the back and drinking the drinky drink, Ray and fucking Joy just look at locking eyes like lovebirds. And there's a, some like corny ass song playing on the radio. So Barry gets fed up and is like, "I'll put some real music on and put some fucking terrible music on." When he changes it, and then he decides to step, stand up and stand through the sunroof or moonroof, whatever it is. Moonroof. <laughs> moonroof. I I literally spent 15 minutes googling the difference between the. What's the difference? Roof. So in a sunroof, it's not. Does like, the sun have to be out? Then it's called a sunroof, or no? Is it, it's okay. a glass. Pa- it's not a glass panel, but moonroof. It is a glass panel. Okay. I think that's the difference. Usually, a sunroof is like a piece of metal that just mm-hmm. retracts. This the moonroof is glass. Yeah. So then that scene happens, and while he's standing out there, he drops his alcohol, and Barry goes. A uh, Ray goes to like help him pick it up, and they s- smash him, guy. Well. Or deer or dog, and they smash this guy and run they, his ass over. They crash the vehicle. Ray yes. hits something in the road. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, they stop the car and get out, thinking like it's a, either a dog or a deer or something. But I think Julie's the one that points out, like, well, then where's the fucking, where is it? Yeah, like, it, then they're like, oh, maybe it got up and ran away. And Helen's like, yeah. oh, good, I don't want the deer to get hurt. And, <laughs> and they're like, oh, Barry, you're bleeding. And it's like, that's not my blood. And Barry's mostly mad because his dad's gonna fucking kill him. Yeah, because of his car. It's his car. Yeah, and he he's gonna be big trouble, boy. Uh, and then so when Julie's like pointing out, like, yeah, if it is a deer or something, like, where the fuck is it? She finds a boot on the side of their like. Where's road. the foot? <laughs> was that scary? That scary movie. Yeah, yeah like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like the, when she picked it up and was screaming, <laughs> yeah. I'm like just thinking like. When they say, where's the foot? <laughs> yeah. Um, after some further investigating, which, you know, everyone likes to do in horror movies, she screams because she finds a body of a man seemingly, like, dead, Good all sc- bloody in the street. Good scream, though. Yeah, she's quality. That, that's why she's Johnny's number one, because she's good at screaming. And you know what's funny is when uh, this part, when they see him and they all, like, are freaking out, and Barry gets close to him, they're like... What's he look like? I don't like. I don't know. His face is all messed up. It just looks like there's blood on his face. That's it. It's all so dark outside. Do we forget this? No, but they said the way they said like his face is all messed up. Oh well, yeah, it's got blood all over. But it. they made it seem like he was smashed with a bat or something like that. You could clearly see what the guy looks like. Not really, because I didn't recognize him later on in the movie. This is the first time you saw it, right? Yeah. Uh, so Julia kind of wants to uh, report this to the police, but Barry and Ray aren't down with that. They want to just get yeah. rid of the body. Also, Ray, they tell Ray to check the pulse because I think he was going to be a doctor, right, in Boston. So he's going. They mentioned what he's trying to do. I don't but remember. I don't. But remember so exactly he checks the pulse and he's like, I don't know. I think he's dead. So he maybe he wasn't being the doctor because he didn't know. Yeah, 
But then Julie pretty much says like she won't have a part in it. And Ray kind of like begs her like think about our futures. Like I don't have a family that can just cover like the cost of lawyers and all these this stuff. Yeah, they talk um, about just maybe leave the body there. And then like then that's when they decide like oh we should dump it in the water. Yeah. They'll be out to sea and no before they find all the evidence we washed away. And as they talk, a truck starts approaching. So they, they grab the body. Why the fuck they don't just leave it there and like just stand around it so no like it's dark. Somebody probably won't see. They fucking pick it up and walk in the middle of the road where the headlights are definitely pointing. <laughs> definitely he definitely saw it. Yeah. But they put it like on the other side of a guardrail. And it turns out Max is the one driving the truck. Yeah. And uh they just tell him that like Barry's throwing up and he doesn't want to get it in a new car. And, and then, then as Ray Ray walks over, he's like, Hey, what's up, Max? He's like, First off, you could take that my shit doesn't stink smile off your face. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you were just a pussy fucking twenty minutes ago. Like, that's why I don't understand with this guy. He's a yeah, he's, he's weird. He's character. a very confusing character because he does get bitched out, but he also tries to be a tough guy. Yeah. So I don't understand. Um so then he's like leaves and they just continue with the plan. They get to a dock where Helen, they bring the body to the edge, and Helen goes to push the body uh, in with Barry because nobody else will. Yeah, and the man they want like, to check the wallet too, to to see who it is. But they don't though. Yeah, they just mention it. Um, so I don't know if, if this scene she was going to check because they were. That's when they were like, "No, check you check you check," and then she's like, "Fuck, fine, I'll do it." No, so I don't know if she was getting the no, wallet because Ray says. Because I know, oh, no. I th- Barry says like somebody help me with this. Because I think and then that's when Ray saying. wanted the drawers. Yeah, <laughs> that's from scary yeah. movie. Yeah. Um. No, Barry had specifically said like somebody help me with this, and that's when he says like, "Come on, Ray," and Ray's like, "I can't do it." And obviously, Julie doesn't want to be part of it, so Helen's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Um. But as they go to like push the guy into the water, the guy reaches up and he grabs Helen's crown off his head before he like falls into the water. And she's like, oh, my crown. So then Barry jumps into the water after Fucking Aquaman, Barry. Yeah. And he has his eyes open, which is fucking wild, and can see in the water in in the the nighttime. I do that. Nighttime? Do we forget that it's nighttime? I literally (laughs) went shark hunting once. I don't think you did. Yeah, you're right. We literally went shark hunting once. I love shark. Where? Hawaii. Oh, that's fucked up. But after... So when he... Get, he gets down to the guy and he like starts to try to take the crown out of the guy's hands. The guy opens his eyes, Barry breaks the crown free, and then swims back up to the, the dock. Um, but before they leave the dock, Barry forces everyone to kind of like agree to never talk about this again. This is my favorite part. And to take it to their graves. And Julie's a little resistant, so Barry like yokes her up against the fucking car and is forcing her to promise. Once and again, Ray just sits there like yeah, a little fucking nothing. bitch and does literally nothing. Literally, his friend's about to jack up his girlfriend, and he's not doing a thing. Yeah, this also like this. I was dying laughing because it's a scary movie when what's his name's choking her out. Um, Anna Faris's character, <laughs> yeah, and like does he like punch her and like do an elbow drop on her too or yeah, something like that? I think he does. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, come on, man, you're it's okay. Because <laughs> Bobby was, I guess, supposed to be Ray. And then a year later, Julie is like in college, and college her, girl. Her roommate's kind of forcing her to go home for vacation, but she she's a little resistant. But then the roommate kind of convinces her, and then drops her off. Also, at real the house. quick. Also, real quick. When they're when they're leaving the thing, when they dump the body and stuff, you see the little like pendant keychain thing from the guy in the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that is, was that like, is a plot point, right? I don't, I don't know what you call that thing. What is that? It's a pendant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then while eating, her mom kind of notices how distressed she looks. And she asks if she's like on drugs or anything like that. 
Um, but she's like, no, mom, it's not drugs. Yeah, and like her mom's like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to surprise you to get a genuine answer. I'm like, that, I guess that works. Just like, how's your day, honey? Everything, are you done drugs? The, what? I remember one time me and my mom, she was driving me to work one time. And she's just like, are you having sex? And I said, no. How old are you? <laughs> 16, 17, I don't know. I was like, no. Maybe she was nervous. Jason Voorhees was going to kill you. I have no fucking idea. But your, also, mom, your mom's the goat. This I don't know. I've never been to college. So I don't know anything. But she's like, I got her mom's like, I got your report card in the mail. Which I don't. Do, do they give college report cards out in the mail? They might have back then. Everything is digital now. So maybe that's what I'm used to. But when she said that, I'm like, why would they mail it you to her house? Yeah, you don't normally get report cards. You just, your, your transcript just gets updated. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is. We live in a digital age. This was 20 years ago. Yeah, but so. I'm saying I don't know if like you would just pick it up at the school or not. I feel they, weird for your last for like the semester leading into summer. They might people leave at different times. Yeah, so I don't know how that works. But then you her probably mom, take your final exam and then go home. Final exam, very strange. Um, um, her mom gets the mail but and gives Julia what? Her mom also it. says like you're doing real bad. You have like you, the dean said you had one more shot. Like so, There's, obviously the last year has been. Yeah, and she says playing a paying a toll playing a toll on yeah. her and oh julie says like it's not that big of a deal yeah so obviously it's weighing heavy on her that they kill some dude and threw him in the water she, she doesn't even look she doesn't look that good either no like yeah she eye. does a very good job with that unless yeah. she's just well, yeah that's why i said she unless she just didn't and her mom asked if she on drugs at least she didn't like yeah. maybe she just didn't sleep for like four or five days and then decided to do those scenes because she looked tired as hell could be makeup because also her room an her, and her roommate's like yo go get some tan on your pale ass or something like that yeah but she's also racist because she's black and said that to a white person. So I don't know if that's racism. Then what is it? Kyle, go get some tan on your white skin. That's racist. I'm white. You're well, I'm more olive. You're Italian. Well, then it's more racist coming from a white person. So <laughs> that's stupid. Um, her mom gets the mail and gives Julie like a letter that came in the mail. Julie opens it and the letter just reads, "I know what you did last summer." Dun dun dun. Title drop. It's, I have it written in my notes. Dot what? dot 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 dot. Title drop. If you can. I don't want to read it. Just tell me. I can't read that. I don't have my. I don't have glasses. It just you says, don't wear glasses anyway. It says, I need them, but I don't wear them. It says Julie finds letter on table, all caps. I know what you did last summer. Dot dot dot. Title drop. But okay. then immediately she asks the mom, like, "Who sent this? There's no postmark. Where did this come from?" And then her mom says, "There's no return address." Yeah. So then Julie just runs up to her room, and cries. Uh, the town is like kind of getting ready for a 4th of July celebrations, and Julie heads over to Shivers, which is a store owned by Helen's family. Which I actually didn't even realize that's her last name. Yeah, Helen Shivers. <laughs> I knew, but I'm saying I didn't realize it the whole time until right now. And I knew that was her last name, and I knew they owned the store, but I didn't actually realize the store was called Shivers. Didn't. Sign on the front didn't give it away. Yeah. Um, inside, she asked Elsa, who's Helen's sister... For Helen's, like, New York number, because that's one thing Helen said she was going to do, move to New York, and uh, so she could talk to her. But Helen says, well, there is no New York number. In fact, she's, like, working right over there. At the but you also can see her in the background, too. But I didn't notice her until I did. I knew something. As soon as she walked in, I noticed her, like, fucking with the fragrances. Oh, I didn't. I don't know how Julie didn't. That's what doesn't make sense to me. That's like any movie ever. Uh, it's like, oh no, you're conveniently in the scene block, but until someone acknowledges you by name, you don't exist. Yeah. So Helen tells Julie that New York didn't work out, and Julie shows her the note that she got in the mail. Uh, Elsa kind of watches from a distance, looking all. What's the word I'm looking for? Suspect. Don't say suspicious. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to be hip for the kids out there. She looks a little suspect. And uh, Helen thinks that they were, like, careful, but Julie's really not as confident at all. Um, Helen asks if she has showed Barry yet, which then leads to the next scene where they go to Barry's house, who's way less than thrilled to see, like, Julie and his ex-girlfriend, Helen. Yeah, because they broke up. Yes. And so they get into Barry's, I guess, under on his porch or his atrium, whatever you want to call it. I would say porch because I don't know what fancy words like atrium. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thing, but um, I went to college. No, I didn't know that. So anyway, they're like talking and he's like, oh, it could be from anyone. And Julie's like, they could be talking about anything. She's like, well, we only did one murder last year. He's like, you shut the hell up. You shut the fuck up about that. You're supposed to take that to your grave. This well, is I, thought, I, I thought he was about to push her off that's the balcony. What I, thought too. He was gonna, I always thought that when I was a kid. that she, he, he always going to slap the shit out of her right there. So Julie specifically says like well Barry doesn't think that the note has anything to do yeah. with that and then Julie says well they found the body three weeks later his name was David Egan and they she said he was like caught in a shrimping yeah net shrimp net and whose death was declared an accidental drowning yeah yeah and then like this is where you start to realize like through discussion that Julie hasn't seen Ray in a while because now like they're like oh crap well the three of us are here we got to figure out what's going on with well Ray. yeah then they, she specifically they specifically say have you shown Ray and he says no we yeah broke. and so like she says they broke up yeah so now we know that they've they've broken up and through discussion they start to kind of like wean things out and Barry starts to suspect Max of sending the note right because he was the only other person that knew anything about this kind of they think he knew it so what's the logical thing to do. Well, Barry decides he's going to go make sure that Max leaves everybody alone with the, all the evidence that he has that it's definitely Max. So the next scene is basically uh, the three musketeers, Julie, Barry, and Helen, rolling up on the fish. I guess it's a fish market. It looks it's like, like a, it. The it's fishery. The, it's fishery, the yeah. And, uh, yeah, the docks. Yeah. And this is where Barry goes in to quote-unquote talk to Max and I I like I said I haven't seen this one in a while so as soon as he walked in he's like can I talk to you in private I'm like Max I don't know why in a million years you would ever go into a private space with this guy yeah ever. right so as soon as they get into private like as soon as they like go into the back room to talk Barry just shoves Max right up against the wall and just starts threatening the crap out of him and I'm pretty sure this is where like he's telling him like you know oh i know he's like i know it was you you know stops you know stop messing with us yeah and isn't this where barry grabs like the hook yeah the yes. fish hook too yep and like, s- slams it into the ice next to his he's head like, i have no problem killing you right now yeah like what the f-? and then max tough guy's like get, get the fuck off me bro get the fuck off me he's like he's like and then he's like and he's walking away and he, and he and he goes he's like don't test me, man. Yeah, like, don't fucking test me, motherfucker. I was like, Leonard, you need to calm down. I'm like, bro, you just got your ass fucking punked. You can wait for the dude to leave the room, and now you're the tough guy again. But now he'll be the tough guy to Ray. Because he's, he's not scared of Ray, he's scared of Barry. So as the trio goes to leave, they see Ray, who is now a fisherman. Um, he's a fisher boy. He gets off his boat, and... Well, I think bef- as they see Ray, like, get off the boat, Barry just says, like, he's got to go. And then Helen leaves because she's got shit to do too. And so it's just him and Julie. Um, and Julie says they have to talk. Even though right before this, I'm pretty sure Ray said first, like, hey, can we talk? And Julie like is like, hey, we should talk. Yeah. Like, yeah, well. 
Um, she tells him about the note and Ray kind of apologizes for what happened last summer. And Julie says she doesn't blame him, but she doesn't want to know him either. And then Weird. she runs off. And then Max is seen working by himself. With the crabs. Crab. Yeah, people. sorting out crabs. Like, And in, it's really, for some reason, steamy in... Probably oh, yeah, I think he's dry, steaming th- them or something. I think inside of that, or it might be from all the dry... Like, maybe they're using dry ice to store them. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But what? I th- no, he was boiling them. Oh, I no, think, yeah, he was he steaming them, them because, like... He puts like, them in a pot. Yeah, and he burns himself, too, for a second. No, he, I thought he'd get bit by one yeah, of he them. He got pinched oh, by one he? of them, yeah. Yeah, he's a little That's bitch. That's what I'm saying. He's a tough guy. Because then he went to go grab gloves so he could deal yeah. with them. Um, but as he's, like, sorting them out, a... He sees like, a dark, shadow. Well, I don't even think he sees it. Oh, he doesn't? I don't think so. Because oh. there's just a dark figure and, like, walks up. He sees it as it's, like, lunging through the steam at him, and... It hooks him in the face with the fish hook. Right underneath the jaw. And drags him, like, over where he was sorting the crabs and off screen. And the body count rises. We don't know that. You got the, the hook then, in the throat. I you mean, could survive that. Maybe. I've seen tons of pictures and videos. You're gross. Uh, Barry's at a gym working out. And after that, he's, like, getting undressed to go take a shower. But he hears a noise. And for some reason, he calls out to whatever the noise is and nobody answers. Dude, you're in a gym. People use gyms. Why are you calling out when you hear a noise? I don't know. Uh, so then he's in the shower, and he sees a shadow. Mm-hmm. So again, he like calls out, but nobody answers him. So he goes back to his locker when he's done showering to get dressed, and he sees a Polaroid of his car with the words, I know, written on it. Uh, he gets dressed and storms out, asking the man well, at the front well, desk. Well, first he walks around and then comes back and notices Jersey's missing. I think it was already missing. His jersey or his jacket? His jacket. Yeah, whatever it was that it's says his, Barry. It's his varsity jacket. But No, I thought he said jersey, but... Because also there's well, a scene... Well, definitely varsity jacket. There's a scene later where I thought she said that he was wearing the jersey, but it's he jacket. looks at the... He opens the... Takes the note and walks around and comes back and the locker's open then at this point. I thought it was open the whole time. I don't think it was. Because he took, he took the picture out of the locker. I thought it was in the, the, the thing. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch. It doesn't really matter. It's not really that. But something got stolen. It was either the jacket or the jersey. It doesn't matter. So the guy at the front desk says that it's just him and Barry at the gym and nobody else is there. But as he's saying this, he hears like a car start outside. So Barry runs outside to see it's his car that's on and somebody's like backing up. So of course he starts chasing after them as the car like reverses fast down the uh, dock and it comes to a stop. The car turns on its headlights and then starts chasing Barry down. And this whole time, he thinks it's Max. Uh, eventually, the car catches up to him and kind of like runs him over and he, while he's on the car, it crashes through a building. So, then Barry's laying on the ground all hurt and shit and the person gets out and the person's wearing a black slicker which is like a trench coat looking thing and a black rain hat and boots he looks like the the gothic gordon fish stick man yes he literally like instead of yellow he's wearing black and that's actually they in one part they specifically say something like at the parade later they say should i they, there was a scene where they said uh, i think star michelle geller's character said should i be looking out for the what the, no the name of the, the the gordon's fish stick guy yeah she literally says that and they thought that they the director didn't want this to have like comedy in it at all. He thought it would take away from the movie, so he decided to take that out. 
because like, I think that's the only little bit of horror, or I mean, uh, co- comedy in this. Like, that's the big difference between this and Scream. Scream kind of has like funny parts. Yeah, Kel- but it's like Kevin dark. Wo- it's like dark humor. When Kevin you look. Williamson didn't write anything into this, like humor-wise, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so the guy like um, goes up to Barry, who's screaming, and then the person pulls out a hook, and the screen fades to black. Yes. In the hospital, Barry's telling Ray, Julie, and Helen that he wants to find the person that did this and face him one-on-one, which Ray points out is a bad idea because how the fuck did that work out already? (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But then Helen thinks it's actually a good idea because obviously the person who is doing this hasn't gone to the cops either, even though they know what happened, which means they can find them and try to talk it out, which I don't... That sounds like a shitty idea to me, but what do I know? But wait, did you say Ray was at the hospital or no? Well, Ray shows up at the hospital. Yeah, Ray's but at they, the hospital. But they think he's at first because he owns a slicker. At first, but yeah. Oh wait, no, no. I yeah, sorry. yeah he, Ray f- wasn't there because they. The Barry says like Ray. Yes, oh, he was. He was there. Yeah, because at first he's not there, and then no, he's oh no, he's there. And but Barry still thinks it could be Ray. Like, because when they go to leave later, he says we should do this, and then Julie says there is no we. Yeah, you're right. And she but, storms out. Right, yeah. and this is where Barry's still like still kind of he's still kind of no no suspicious. right then and there he says Ray you have a slicker. Yeah, he kind of yeah. he still there's still aspersions being there. cast on Ray. Yeah, and it's obviously like it's obvious that um, the writer. Yeah. Oh, you're us. right. You're right. Because Barry says, "Ray, where were you? I know you own a slicker." That you're right. He was there. Yes. So that's what we just said. No, I was talking to you. Don't worry. That's what we just said. Okay. It's <laughs> obvious that the writer wanted us to cast aspersions onto Ray uh, a little bit. Yeah. And other people, Elsa, because she acts weird. She's got the the nice, which look. is kind of a very big hallmark of. Nine of what would be the '90s yeah. horror films of who done it? Everybody's like, especially after Scream. Yeah, who yeah. the boyfriend who you were supposed to suspect, but then supposed to be cleared, wound up being the killer. Like yeah. they wanted, like everyone always blamed the boyfriend after this for that sure. movie. So like they tried to throw that in there, like, oh, where were you? You have a slicker. So he was trying yeah, to become right. the main focus. And so then this is when they say we should try to find a family friend or. Or a family member to go talk to. Yeah, and that's when Julie specifically says, like, there is no we. Yeah, and then they go, I guess, to the library or something for yeah, a computer. Ju- Julie decides to cons- consult the interwebs, Yahoo. <laughs> uh, is it Yahoo? MSN search, I don't know. So, Ask yeah. Jeeves, maybe. Ask know. Jeeves, bring, yeah. Be- bring back Ask Jeeves. But, but yes. you might still be able to go on that. I don't know. I don't it's just ask.com, though. So oh. she decides to research David Egan, which I guess makes sense because she's trying to figure out like okay like you know is there anything that can help me figure out who this you know slicker killer is and finds out that he was in a car he david egan was in a car accident two years ago which i guess would be one year before before they had their killed him and in that accident uh his girlfriend died and he survived what was her name uh susie susie poo susie poo so, um, turn around and discovering that, uh, they decide to visit the last remaining family of David Egan and they discover that there's a residence and what they call, I don't know where they said it was, but they said it was out in the sticks. Uh, yeah, so it's like specific, a specific town. Basically, if, it, if you were in New Jersey, we would say you're out in the Pinelands. So, out in the middle of nowhere. So, off they go on their adventure. 
It's David's sister. That's who they found. They said yes. So off they go on their adventure to the Egan residence, which while they're driving, like I love how Helen's like, yeah, make a right turn, and Julia's like, when she's like, yeah, back there. And I was like, you're really, really good at this direction stuff. But they're looking at maps, and yeah, that's when people still had to look at maps. Yeah, Apple Maps is pretty reliable. So, yeah, you so, even have an Apple phone. Say, you don't even, yeah, what the fuck? I'm casting shade on Apple. Making Why? people drop. You wish you had an Apple. Making people drive into lakes. Apple Maps isn't like bad. Ways, please sponsor us. So they find the Egan residence, and of course they do what every horror movie character has to do. You got to investigate. They're not going to walk up and knock on the door. We're going to. Well, no, they knocked on the door. No one answered. Yeah. And then they. That's when they like one second later they decide. They go in the back and she starts stepping on stuff and like knocking on windows. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. She reminds me of me. But I mean, good thing they did yeah. because that's when Missy, Melissa, but they call her Missy, yeah. actually which, greets them. Which also, um, the girl that plays her, Anne Heck, her brother like killed himself, I think, around the time of the movie maybe or something or earlier in life. Well, that's and rough. so they didn't think she would take the part. Yeah, they didn't think she would take it at all. But and, they wanted her for it. Yeah. And she only filmed for two days. Really? Yes. Well, I, I guess, guess that makes sense. She could get it all done real quick. Yeah, she didn't have big, like, parts. Yeah. Um, but she lets them use, like, the phone because they say that their car is broken down. And she tells them that she lives alone and that times have been hard since David's death. Uh, they ask about, like, David and any of his friends that he might have had. Because they, they allude that they went to school with him. Uh, using fake names for themselves. Yeah, Missy says that she only remembers one friend ever, and it was somebody who came to the services named Billy Blue, and that was like, with I guess that's all the info they fucking needed. Because like, yeah. all right, we got it, we're out of here, right? Well, also, doesn't she say? Well, he definitely killed himself because she shows them a suicide note, and it says like, this way later. That's not this part. No, it's way fucking later. Yeah, it's that's that's the second visit. Dude, did you skip a paper or something? Well, I'm not trying to go off this. I'm trying to go off memory. That's why I'm not even looking at my notes. <laughs> uh, I like that when they're giving themselves their fake names, and I don't know what she called her. And, and, uh, I didn't even pay attention. To yeah, I don't names. know what she calls her. Oh, Angela. She calls uh, Julie calls Helen Angela, uh-huh. and she's like, Angela, go call AAA. And so when Helen turns around to call, she bumps into a coat rack, and it looks like a slicker on a coat rack. Yeah. So right there, they're trying to be like. Ooh, is Missy the killer? I was like, oh, okay. They try that with literally everybody in this movie. <laughs> and not once did it ever work. Yeah. Not once was I ever like, oh, yeah, that person's probably the killer. Not, yeah, not once. Like, yeah, I know. It's just... Like, this movie does that terribly. Um, so, but, also, then, this is when they say, all right, we're just going to wait in the car because they tell her the car is broken down. They go sit in the car, and obviously, Julie's, like, crying a little bit. And she starts the car, but Missy comes and says... Oh, I guess the car works now. And she's like hanging onto the window as they like drive away. Yeah. She she bangs on that window really unnecessarily loud to let them know that Helen left her cigarettes. Well, they just, she says that someone did. Yeah. Um, and then before Julie drops off Helen, she kind of suggests that maybe, like Helen suggests that maybe David wanted to die because of the whole like girlfriend thing and he felt guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just a coincidence that he was on the same road, like from where she, that girl died a year earlier, and he was kind of she alludes that or she says that maybe he was just waiting for someone to come along and hit him mm-hmm. to like, kill him 
because he didn't have like the balls to do it himself, I guess. Um, she also points out that her and Julie used to be like real close friends, and, and what happened to us? Or yeah, they've like that. grown apart since this whole thing. Which I mean, obviously, you fuck killed someone together, and your yeah. boyfriend yoked you up, and nobody <laughs> did anything to help. I'd probably stop hanging out with you guys too. <laughs> like honestly, um, she got choked out and elbow dropped. Yeah. Ellen goes into her house and says, like, hey to her dad, who's kind of unresponsive. He doesn't and, say anything. Yeah, watching, watching baseball. baseball he looks like he's one of those dads who, like, doesn't give a fuck about his kids. Like, yeah. just, like, go the fuck away. Um, but she, so she goes into the kitchen to, like, get a drink. And you see a shadow that comes into the house. And, again, the dad doesn't react to it because he just doesn't yeah. give a fuck about his family, I guess. Um, so do you count this as product placement when she's drinking her Diet Coke? Yeah, it would be. Where clearly so. the logo is there the whole entire time. And then I yeah. zoom in on her hands in yeah. the glass. Pouring oh, yeah, the Diet Coke. I would say so, yeah. Good sponsoring. Yeah, sponsors Diet Coke. Um, but the person that you see enter the house is actually wearing a slicker, a hat, and boots. Wow, I wonder who it could be. Yeah. And then the shadowy figure like uh, pulls out a hook. But then you, it goes back to Helen, who goes upstairs and gets ready for bed, looking at her crown as her like sister kind of pops into the room. Her sister, Elsa. And she's... Uh, Telling her to be to the store tomorrow by 10 because they have to go through inventory. Yeah. Uh, as Helen's like brushing her hair though, she's like, oh, I can't because the outgoing queen has to be in the parade prior to this year's pageant. It's tradition. Sorry. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And Elsa scoffs at her like, oh, you and your hair. It's so pathetic. Yeah. And then leaves. Elsa's a mad, mad woman. And then Helen goes to bed and as she does, like you can see her closet's cracked open because they do a close-up of the cracked closet door. And you hear, like, a breathing sound a little bit. Yeah. I gotta say, though, I like that whole scene, the way it played out, like, with the killer walking up the stairs and stuff like that, because it it had very, like, reminiscent of Halloween vibes of, like... Halloween 2018? Yeah. But, like, also, like, stuff like... uh, (laughs) Hiding in the closet? Well, no, not just... Like, also think about, like, Halloween, the original, like, that scene with Laurie Strode on the top of the stairs, and then you just see the mask in the dark behind her. Yeah. Like, the idea that we know the killer's in the house, we all know that you should know that the killer's right there, but you're oblivious and you don't. Like, I like that stuff. Yeah. So she wakes up, and she touches her head, and she has the tiara on her head, and she's like, what the hell? And she takes it off, and you see hair in her hand, and she screams because I guess her hair was cut into pieces and then she looks over and the mirror has soon on it and then she punches the mirror yeah, she and br- does not cut her hand this isn't the only part where she doesn't cut herself like yeah I know but right now yeah she like punches it more than once and does not cut like herself. she punches that broken shard of glass yeah. dead on and does it's yeah. fine I'm like no she might be Emma Frost. So I'm assuming she's the one that calls Julie. Yeah, then she calls Julie, and but I don't know if you see Julie say anything. Uh, well, Julie does talk, and then she's like, oh, I'll be right there or something. And she gets in the car and starts driving over to Helen's house. She keeps hearing like a noise. Yeah, like a tapping coming or from like a scratching. Coming from back of her car. She keeps looking back, but she doesn't see anything. So eventually, she pulls over, and she opens up the trunk, and she sees Max wearing Barry's jacket dead with like a bunch of crabs crawling around. In around his face. In his mouth. mouth. Uh, but what's funny about this is when they were shooting this scene, obviously this is a cast of Max's body. Uh-huh. And it was in the trunk, and I guess the trunk was open, and, and Jennifer walked on set and saw it and, like, freaked out. And, like, they like the only way to calm her down was to, like, call him to make sure he was still alive because he thought she, he killed himself. <laughs> Oh my god! She like had a bunch of problems shooting this movie. Yeah, she said she like couldn't sleep at night. Yeah, and because like 
it was too creepy like the fisherman even though she knew everything was fake yeah. did she do horror movie after this or was this I it? still know what you did last summer yeah I mean the seat yeah I don't but know like, what Ghost Whisper is I guess that's a I, I think it's a TV show but I don't know what it is is it something <coughs> ghost also what I didn't mention in the beginning which I wish I did so uh, the year prior to this she filmed House Arrest with Jamie uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh-huh. and they so happened to be filming movies at the same time in North Carolina so she said every day that she was on set Jamie Lee Curtis would come there and hug her and then leave and just do that every day like come to that set since they were filming so close to each other that's really nice yeah Jamie Lee Curtis seems like such a nice lady. Yeah, I know. I love her. Uh, so she runs over to Helen's house where Helen and Barry are, and she gets them. They go back to the car, and they find the trunk open. Well, they open the trunk to find it, like, empty. Which they Empty of the body and crabs, I should say. Yeah, which I never understood because she's only gone for... 30 seconds and every crab is out of there everything is placed back perfectly fine so we don't know how far away the house is yeah. but not only that like it's pristine yeah, in that, that truck yeah I get it did the guy have a, a shop vac out there cleaning everything <laughs> I get it I get it but at the same time I mean you could clean it that like that yeah but it would take time no, I'm fuck- that's what I'm saying getting all the crabs out but the, he's also like a f- okay well the guy is clearly a fisherman so he is he's not afraid to deal with crabs but how again like you said pristine i don't know yeah literally like the the there's an umbrella like in a, a spot yeah. like it's just unbelievable how yeah. like no water anything no liquids of any kind in yeah no bodily fluids at all well you wouldn't be able to tell okay, the difference between bro. bodily fluid or like Weirdo. water or, like no blood or anything i'm fucking with you dog remember I'm, kyle said he, he might have not died so yeah he might not be dead she could be hallucinating which is what they kind of insinuate yeah um because barry like doesn't believe julie at all and um Julie to like prove her points, like, oh yeah, then where's your jacket, Barry? Where's your jacket? So then this is where they um they kind of suspect that like well, I think Barry suspects that it's Ray. Mm-hmm. And This is where you get the famous Yeah, Julie says like the person has him right where he wants him. And then she comes to the this is where the classic iconic scene is. Which, I don't know if you know, but that scene was actually directed by a contest winner who won some contest and was allowed to add something to the movie. And yeah. he made this, and Jennifer Love Hewitt like was like, this is not going to be good. Yeah, she was embarrassed to do yeah. it. Yeah, but then after she saw, like, after it was filmed and she saw the final product, she was like, actually, this works so good. Yeah, I mean, I just can't stop thinking about a scary movie. What are you waiting for? What am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? Fuck you! Like, Mark's right. Like, this... I never realized it, I guess, because I haven't seen this movie in such a long time, but I saw a scary movie not that long ago. So, now we're watching I think you this, saw this sooner, but... <laughs> you know. So then after that scene... Because you watched a scary movie after this. Maybe he watched it right now. Um, they After that scene, they go right to Ray's house... I don't know if that's Ray's house. Or wherever they are. It looks like he's, like, at one of their houses to, like, get them. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't say whose house it is. And then again, there's no really cell phones, right? Is there cell phones back then? I don't know. Uh, there probably was, but very, like, yeah. shitty ones. But what's funny that this makes me die is, like, Ray's like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? And Barry just punches him right in the face. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I'm pretty sure Ray, like, flips over, like, in, onto the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's when, that's when Ray's, like, Ray's, like, boop. 
guys, I got a letter too. I got a letter. How convenient. I almost get run over. Helen gets her hair cut. Julie gets a dead body in her trunk, and you got a letter. We just got a letter. <laughs> but then Julie says they have to stick together, and they have to find Billy Blue. And when they say this... Billy Blue's clues. Right away, uh, Ray's kind of like, what? Huh? How do, you, how do you know about him? What was that noise? How do so, you know about Billy Buckets? So then they talk about going through Helen's sister's yearbook, and which they do, and there's no Billy Blue. So Julie makes the decision to bring the yearbook back to Missy to have her point him out, thinking that maybe she would you know, recognize him. Um, Helen volunteers to go, but Julie kind of insists that, like, hey, you have to be in the parade, so I'll go. Just in case, like, the killer's there. I don't know. You want to be at the parade so you can die, not me. Yeah. Because I don't understand that logic at all. I literally understand zero. Yeah. It. So when, but, but then they go, it cuts to the parade, and uh, Helen's on the, I guess, the float. And then, which doesn't make sense to me, is obviously she's looking for this guy with the slicker, but why the fuck would the people running the parade let Barry, who's got cuts all over his face, looks like a meth addict, like, on sit on the float? <laughs> like, and it's okay. Got a broken ass arm. Looks like he just got his ass beat. Yeah, but it's also a small town. Maybe yeah, somebody I, knows I don't he know. got run I always, over. I always think that too. Like, yeah. he's he's not he's misplaced there. Yeah. And so they're looking around, and Helen's like, "Over there." This is this where she says the F- Gordon Fish guy, or no? I think this is the part where they cause where when she, she would says have she's, said it. Yeah, where she said like, "Oh, you need to go to the parade," and she's like, "What am I supposed to be looking for?" Okay. The Gordon fish, fish stick or whatever the fuck the guy is. And then she points at a guy and Barry's... She's like, Barry, right there. And Barry chases his dude down and like tackles him and turns him over. It's like an old-ass guy. I'm pretty sure that old guy died. When Barry did that? Yeah, because he's like... he's like, <gasps> And his eyes like roll in the back of his head. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he they just... roll in the back of his head? Yeah, his eyes roll in the back of his no, head. No, they don't. They definitely, he looks scared, but he, his eyes He definitely roll. had a moment where he like rolled you his eyes. You might want to watch that again. Dude, I need to go back and rewatch that because I'm pretty sure that happened. And then it cuts back to Julie, and she's at, I guess, at Missy's house. Again, snooping around. And Missy comes out with a fucking bloody-ass knife. Because she was killing some goddamn turkeys. Was she? Yeah, there's the turkey hanging there. and she Oh, comes I out. thought she was killing the, cutting up fish, because there was fish there, right? I don't know. She's cutting up a lot of stuff. There was fish on the table. Yeah, later, yeah when, she, when they cut to them talking, she's cutting up fish on, oh, a, on a cutting board. They so. just showed a turkey hanging, so I thought that's what she was killing. I mean... She's out there living in the sticks. And then after that, um, it goes back to Helen and and Barry at the and he, Helen sees the guy on the balcony. And I'm I think which guy the the guy in the slicker. Oh, she's yeah the guy in the because slicker. because after this it goes back to the parade. Yeah, because that guy like the, the guy in the slicker on the balcony, like as he's going by, like I'm like I wonder if that's really him. And he just like raises the hook up, and I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, obviously it's him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one looking ominous as fuck. <laughs> and then it goes back to Missy and Julie, and Julie's asking about um, Billy Blue, and she says, "Oh, it's some guy that paid some respects or something, like one of his classmates, right?" Uh, that was earlier. No, but she asked him about Billy Blue. Billy Blue. And then she said, "You might be right." When he asks, when Julie asks about Billy Blue, she's like, "I need help finding him." Yeah, and then Missy says, "Like, what? Is, what is this all about?" Yeah, oh yeah, she's and like, yeah, Julie my brother says, killed myself. Like, that's it. Julie he, says, "Your brother's death wasn't an accident." And Missy she, goes, "Yeah, I know because he committed suicide." Yeah, he went up there that day to kill himself. And uh, she takes that's when she goes to get the suicide note yeah. out of the shed. Why she keeps it in the fucking shed, I don't know. I know she I said thought she that. Was, to, I thought that was like an outhouse to go to the bathroom. It's a because it's, it's so little. Yeah. But also, what I think if I read correctly somewhere, this is 
house is somewhere in The Conjuring too. Like the I've I've never seen it. You know, have you ever seen The Conjuring? Oh, I thought you meant like the second. Conjuring. No, no, like The Conjuring. Also. Oh, okay. I I've seen The Conjuring, but I don't remember. So it could be. Yeah. So it's either that area or that house or something is in that movie also. Yeah, but. And I, I don't know if maybe she has it there because she says like she had to hide it from the insurance company. Yeah, because they just sent the check. Because they, they wouldn't pay her if it was a yeah. suicide. And then she's like, true. Julie says, I saw your brother's tattoo. And she's like, my brother ain't inked up. Well, she, when she shows Julie the note, it says, I will never forget last summer. So Julie tells her, like, that's not a suicide note. That's a death threat. Yeah. And that this is when Missy really kind of gets annoyed. And she's like... Like what? What are you talking about? And that's when Julie like quickly is like, "Oh, I saw the, um, the tattoo on his arm. It said Susie." And she's like, "My brother didn't have a tattoo." Yeah. And then that's when she says, "Oh my god, I know who it is," or something like that. Well, uh, yeah. And Missy's like, "Yeah, you gotta like leave. You gotta go." And then <laughs> Julie, then Julie's just standing there, and that's what, yeah. She like realizes she's like, oh, "We did was, kill him. It wasn't him. I know who it is." So then the pageant begins, and Ray's watching from like the balcony, like he was last time, but this time to make sure everything's okay. And as he's watching, Helen sees a figure up behind Barry, and she tries to yell out to warn him, but it's too late, and the fisherman guy attacks Barry. But what doesn't make sense to me is when she runs off the stage and starts to run up there, why does everyone just stop her? Like, they start grabbing her and, like, pulling her back. Because she's interrupting the... Just let her go. Like, that's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you just let her go and get it over with instead of stop everything? Maybe they think there's something wrong with her and they're trying to help her. I don't know. I don't know, because she cut her hair and nobody understands why and she's acting weird. <laughs> she's hanging out the dude with the fucked up face. But, uh... So, yeah, it's too late by this point because, like, he's Barry gets killed by the guy with the hook. Um, but, like Mark said, she tries to, like, rush to the balcony but is stopped by everyone and then a police officer takes her up to the balcony where they don't find Barry or the fisherman. Uh, the officer says he's going to take Helen home so the pageant director takes the tiara back from Helen. I thought that was a pretty funny part. He's like, oh, I'll take you home. Your parents are real worried about you. She's like, okay. And then the director's like, yeah, I got to take that from you. And also, <laughs> give when, they leave, when they turn around to leave, there's only blood on the um, banister. Well, which, that's they zoom in on the blood on the which banister. Which is crazy that he definitely swung at him and slashed him. This killer is a professional And cleaner. there's no fucking blood anywhere. I'm telling you, this guy must work for Stanley Steamer. So, like, on the ride home, the officer kind of is making jokes with Helen about a man with a hook and that her hair was cut off. But then he notices that the road he was trying to drive down is blocked, so they have to take an alleyway that goes well, also, between buildings. before this scene, Julie's on the computer looking up David Egan. Well, I was going to mention that later because it, they jump back and forth but so no, much. But no, first, but after the, the she leaves. I, I know. Okay, but that, then why would you go out of order? Because they jump back so... What am I supposed to go? Then you see Julie on the computer. Then they, Helen's in the car. Then they go back to Julie who says, oh, I got it. Back to Helen in the car. Yeah, this scene does have a lot of... It, it just, there's a it's lot easier of just cuts. Con- yeah, it's a lot of jump cuts. It's easier to just condense it. I don't know. So she, they decide to go down... Uh, or he has to take an alleyway between buildings. So she starts freaking out, claiming that Barry is murdered and that he'll burn in hell if he ignores it. But as they drive down the alley, they come up to a man standing outside a trunk with his hood popped open. And the officer has to you know, be a public servant, stop to see if he needs anything. But when he does, the man outside the truck is the fisherman and winds up killing the officer. Which and, I don't get that kill. kill. Yeah, it's very quick. Well, he's in the way. He's in the way. But, like, it's a curved hook. And he, like, punches it through the officer. I he swung up. 
I thought he punched straight forward the way it looked. I don't know. It's hard to tell because the officer's also in the way. Because the ba- <coughs> the guys, the officer's back is to the camera, so you don't see. Necessarily- that's what I'm saying. It's a weird, but it's just yeah. yeah. But then he pretty much puts the cop like on the ground. But that's like but- what? That's the, that's the third official kill, right? So uh, Max Barry cop, right? Not counting them killing the mystery guy. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. Because we don't know if they really killed him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. And then Helen kicks out the cop car window. Yeah, and this is another part where when she smashes out the window, she like falls out, hands first on the ground, yeah. and then her knees hit the ground, yep. and she gets up, and she's completely fine. Like, no scratches. And then she starts running away. Yeah. And as all this is happening, Julie's looking up articles about David Egan, who, again, again, to like, and he finds out that Susie, who died a year prior to their murder... Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she Susie find, died, she, yeah. And David, so your prior to her murder and David's suicide had a father who was a fisherman. Yeah. And that's where she put all... Named of, Benjamin Wells. Yeah, who put all... So this is where Julie puts, like, all the pieces together. Um, then shows Helen running, like, to the store run by her family. And she's banging on the door because it's locked. And she's begging Elsa to let her in. Um at, like as the killer's like approaching, which is a clear yeah, like homage to. But also, this is this is those are glass windows. It's like where she can see outside that her sister. She has to see the guy that's twenty feet behind her. Like no, and she's I, like I she's was, like going so slow to get the keys. What was weird to me is even when she lets her in, as soon as she lets her in, they close the door and like because she has to close the door and lock it. They look out the glass window and the guy's not there. So I I think maybe. Part of this wasn't him actually walking behind her like that, and it's in her head. I guess I don't know. It's it is weird. Could also be a ninja, but it's also you know like a slasher. It's definitely like a kind of trope. I felt like it was an homage to Halloween a little bit. Oh, that's for why, sure. That's why I just said. Yeah, it's a throwback to Halloween. Yeah, it definitely is because she's banging on the door saying like "Let me in" while the guy's walking up to her, and then when she gets in there. She tells her uh, sister, like, go lock the back door because there's someone after me. Um, but then... I'll go as, call the police. Yeah, she goes to call the police. But then as Elsa's, like, locking the door, the man comes up behind her, just pulls out a hook and, like, kills her. And this kill, were you going to say? No, I was going to say, as she, like, walks up to the door, you see it just closed, too. So, yeah. the guy, you know, the guy's in there. Then he gets stabbed from behind. Yeah. She gets stabbed and from behind. And this had to be refilmed, this kill. Because the studio wanted it to be more bloody, but the director didn't want it. Like, they wanted a more gory, like, something, more blood in the film. And, like, the director wasn't really down with that. So, what they compromised on was the blood splatter on the window. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... Which, yeah, he didn't see it as a horror movie, so I don't fucking know. (laughs) Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, then it goes to Helen, and she was on the phone, and she hears the scream... And she like kind of puts the phone down, and this is I think is so funny. When it cuts back to the fisherman, you finally see him like moving a body because he has the hook in um, Elsa's body, and he's like walking away with her like it's mm-hmm. a fucking suitcase. <laughs> he kind of does. I mean, he does almost the same thing with like Max, where he drags him after he stabs him, and the cop too. He like I don't know. That's what those hooks are made for, right? To like hook into fish and then like move them, right? Yeah. Because you don't catch it with that. So I think that's what those are for. So, uh, But as Helen goes out to look, she, 
I think the power goes out, right? Yeah, the yeah, power goes the out. Yeah, the music stops too. Yeah, the power goes out, and then she's attacked by the fisherman who was like hiding under the plastic, under some plastic, and he was posing as a mannequin. So how do we turn off the power and it was under plastic, posing as a mannequin in the same room as her? I don't know. Yeah, and supposedly one of those mannequins, I think, I don't know if it's now or earlier in the movie, is like made to look like Spike from um, Angel or Buffy. I didn't even realize I, that. Neither did I. I. I read that online, so I have to go back and Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that, too. So I th- it might be this scene when she turns around and looks, or when she first runs in and you see the mannequins, maybe? Yeah. I don't remember. I know I'll, you see the mannequins more than once in the movie. Yeah. But it might be this scene. I'll go back and re- I'll rewatch this, I'm sure, soon, just to check that out. Um, she escapes to the second floor and then jumps out a window to escape. She also sees her sister's dead in the bathroom when she's running up the stairs. Yes. And she narrowly escapes the swinging hook of the fisherman as she jumps out the window. Um, and this is where Julie arrives at the pageant and she finds that it's empty. Which, god damn, did that place empty fucking quick. Yep. Uh, Helen is then running through like the alleyways and she sees fireworks start. And as she starts running towards the fireworks, realizing like that she's near the parade, she looks back for a moment, which I don't know why the fuck she stopped at yeah, all. Yeah, right. Like, just keep going. Uh she turns back to like look at the parade the street area and the fishermen's in front of her and they start struggling with each other like having a little tussle and the sounds of fireworks and the band starts playing to cover up all the screams for help uh, the fisherman eventually gets the upper hand kills Helen with the hook you don't really see how she dies it's just like beating and what's crazy too while this is happening and those people are walking by that alley you don't think anyone like glanced out of the corner of the eye and saw that I felt the same thing too. There's a, like I'm a very observant person, but like yeah. you don't tell me no one else walking by would like kind of glance over. I think the same thing. Like, but I think a lot of this kind of shit happened in like 70s, 80s, 90s movies, and I think they got more ultra realistic in the 2000s for sure with like that kind of shit. Because mm-hmm. to say that they weren't called out for that, they probably def- if, if the internet was bigger then, they definitely would have been called out for that shit. Uh, so Julie gets to the dock where the parade is seemingly ending and she finds Ray. She tells Ray that they didn't kill David and she thinks Susie's dad, Benjamin, killed David that night and that they accidentally killed him. So Ray tells like Julie to come aboard his boat and as she's about to get on, she notices that the boat's named Billy Blue. And then realizing that he's the one that went to Missy's house and she gets all like scared as fuck and then runs off. Ray's like chasing after her and as he's running, he gets fucking clotheslined WWE style <laughs> yeah, right? by the guy on the dock. Dude, he gets smashed he twice. Straight yeah. laid out. Yeah, he does get laid the fuck out. I think he's like almost unconscious. He's like groaning. I thought he might. Have, I thought he died yeah. at first. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. And the man who clotheslines Ray says like to get on the boat. So when she gets on, she sees like the rain hat and pictures of like all of them, like the group, of the four of them, at various points, like during the week. Um, and he comes in and he asks if she's in trouble. And she's like, yeah, actually, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, and he tells her, like, it's shame being that's 4th of July. And he uh, tells her that they should be having fun, drinking, partying, running over some people, getting away with murder. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she's like, uh, well, I, like, I know who you are, Ben. And yeah, she's like, peace, motherfucker. Like, tries to run off. Yeah. And then it shows Ray waking up from his little nappy nap. <laughs> and he sees the boat's gone. And I don't know if he could see Julie running on the boat at this uh, scene. I can't really tell. Because I know he like <laughs> runs to the end of the dock to like look. He knows that she's on there. Yeah. 
So he, yeah, so at this point, I got to laugh because, like. And then he jumps in the water, right? No, no. Yeah, Ray goes like full Miami Vice and gets <laughs> yeah. a little speedboat. Yeah, he gets yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm gonna go catch him. Play some '80s montage music. Let's right. go. Yeah. And he speeds after to go rescue Julie. And yeah, when he's swimming under, he's like swimming perfectly fine. And grabs onto like some rope. That that's not yet. It's not. No, he's in a speedboat at this point. Yeah, he's he's. Oh, you're. But wait, that's later. Oh, that, oh, you're right. You're. Yeah. I'm fucked up, Doug. Yeah. So then, it, oh, this is when it Ray goes, gets laid out multiple yeah, times. You're yeah, right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so then, this is when it goes to. Julie running and she finds the flare gun, right? Yeah, she loads the and flare gun. And then she loads the flare gun and just like in April Fool's Day, she like something jerks her and that like flies all over. Yeah. Like I'm like I don't remember what though. In April Fool's Day? No, in this. Oh. No, the guy's driving the boat and he like hits the gas. Oh yeah. And, and she's like, whoop, goes yeah. right over it. The momentum causes her hand to like fly up and she loses that fucking gun like no problem. Like oh. she had yeah, she it, has some popcorn yeah. in her hands. It <laughs> flings out right Brucey overboard. Too much. Uh, so then she decides to like hide in a grate in the floor. Ray catches up with the boat and he climbs aboard where like him and Ben, the killer, start to tussle. And that's uh, and was, as all that's going on on the like deck, Julie drops the anchor. I think at this point, this is where she finds that thing and like drops the anchor. Uh, yeah, and Ben throws Ray overboard. Like he even, like, well, he like, also hits him says. Welcome aboard, Ray. Yeah. Yeah, Ray straight gets smacked in then the he, mouth then that's when and he, knocked overboard. And then Julie, like, screams something, so Ray turns and then gets smacked in the head. Yeah. And while Julie's, like, back down in the lower part of the boat, um, I think Ben, like, starts to go down there after her. Yeah, but th- didn't she put a barrel in front of the door to, like, block him out, and then she has to move the barrel to get out through the door? No, because that's a separate door. This is a big boat, just to say. Like, the amount of, like, maneuvering she she does around this boat, like... Uh, kind of. You gotta think he definitely fishes on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a cabin, but, like, the the surprising part is how big the lower section is. But, right? like, this is where, like... And I, and I love how she's going to the boat, and then she finds herself in the icebox under yeah. the boat. And I'm, like... First thing I thought of, you know, rewatching this, I was, like... I'm pretty sure this is where he keeps the clip, and then I, I, is that Helen's yeah body that she discovers down there? Well, but before that, when she's in that room that the, you had the multiple doors, the dude, fisherman dude's like, "You open that door, Julie." Like, yeah, I'm gonna open the door. No I'm problem. Let you come on in and kill yeah. me. So yeah. then that's when she runs into the ice room, which isn't really ice; it's made out of gelatin. It's really. And at one point, she takes off like her. Sweater to like block the door. She no, she takes it to oh, hold pull, pull it, it up, yeah. and then she leaves it there, and then pushes the ice in front of it. Yeah. Like he won't know she's in there. Well, I think I don't think it was that. I think she was trying to scoop it in front of the door so he wouldn't be able to open it. Oh, because it pushed in towards her, and they only filmed that specific part because they realized later that there was a continuity error where she had her sweater on, and then other scenes she didn't. So to link those two, so people wouldn't bitch. They wow. specifically filmed her taking it off and using it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Yeah, I, I appreciate they that. They said they had no fucking idea until they went to go edit it, and they're like, oh, oh shit. shit. Call Jennifer Love You right now. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, she sees, like, Helen's body, and it slides down, and then which causes her to, like, scream and crawl over a little bit. And then when she does that, she sees Barry's dead body, and her hand, like, almost, her finger, like, almost goes, like, in his mouth. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and like Ben hears like her screaming, so he opens like a hatch that reveals Julie, and she screams again. She's really good at screaming. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. 
if that's I'm assuming that's really her it looks like it is um and as bands Ben stands like over her grinning Ray grabs like a metal hook so that's this on is a when he does the Miami Vice is swimming grabs the fucking yeah that thing, already they, climbs up yeah that already passed gets but then he gets yeah. on the boat only yeah. his hair is wet and he's wearing a big hoodie to make or a big sweatshirt to make it look like it was soaking wet yeah but his jeans weren't wet only his hair was wet yeah. He was literally just swimming under the water like a fucking dolphin. You're supposed to forget that part. <laughs> he was climbing up that rope for a while. You got to think. Probably took like a week. Listen, right. <laughs> Dried by that time. Ray, you got to give Ray credit for heart, yeah. man. He lost round one. He lost round two. But he's back for he round He lost round three, three too. I, I would assume Barry beat his ass. The, yeah. the, the fisherman beat his ass twice. Yeah. So yeah. here he is. And he, and he takes that bit. And it's a big loading hook. Yes, that's Attached what it to is. a winch. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, uh, no. no I said good. I literally love this because Ray goes and he throws the hook towards him, and it goes spinning at the guy, like swinging, like swinging towards him, and nails him real good. So Bray's like, I can't knock you out with my hands, but I can throw shit at you. Yeah, knocks Ben right over. Uh, Ray runs over to help Julie, like out of that little hole thing that she was in, and when they go to like get away, Ben gets up. And hits Ray with the hook again, knocking him over. So what is that, round four he loses? I just can't... I literally like love how everybody else got the pointy end of the hook, but Ben keeps hitting Ray with the back end of the hook. Like, this would have been done already. But I think he's purposely doing that. Which I don't know why he's purposely using the back instead of just, like, killing him and getting it over with. Yeah, like, everybody else got the pointy end of the hook. Ray gets the blunt end three times in a row, basically. Unless for some reason later on he was going to try to frame him. I have no fucking idea yeah. why he would do that. So Ray is out in round four. <laughs> so then the guy goes to swing at Julie, the fisherman, Ben Willis, and his hand gets caught in the ropes or yeah, something? Yeah, there's like a bunch of ropes. Yeah, and he gets caught in that. And then this is when... Ray jumps up. Ray wakes up after getting knocked out somehow. Ray has CT at this point. Yeah, he, if he didn't have CT, I don't know who does. Yeah. So that's when Ray hits a control lever, which causes the rope to start being ripped up a pulley, and it pulls Ben straight up into the pulley. Because where, his arm's attached. Because his arm's attached to the hook. He can't get yeah. it out. And one, two, three. There goes a severed hand. Ben's hand gets ripped right clean off. And then he's like flailing around like above them. How is no blood anywhere? No blood coming out of that. I thought that too. It was, Literally, there would be blood all over them because he was like hanging over them. Oh, I definitely. It would have cut like arteries and everything. Yeah, it like been a, it would have been. How in the world was there no blood anywhere? It would have been raining blood. Hashtag Slayer. So his leg gets caught in the rope, which, like they were saying, caused him to get stuck upside down for like a second. But then it's more than a second. He's hanging for a couple seconds. There should be blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying. It, enough for the rope to eventually slide out of the pulley yeah. and fall, and this is where Ben falls yep. into the water. Yep, yeah. gets flung into the ocean. And then back at the dock, the sheriff's department is there investigating, and Ray's talking to Julie about how he went to Missy's house because he felt guilty and he wanted to figure out who they killed. Um, he didn't tell her because he he loves Julie and he wants her back. Yeah, and which just, isn't a good way. But to, I'm saying to hide. Shit I, I lied and hide to you. I didn't hid this from you and acted real yeah, suspicious. Yeah, it's really good because I love. And you. then she's like, yeah. "I understand your pain." Yeah, I'm like, wow. <laughs> he said he loves you. Line? He just said he loves you, and you said, "I understand your pain." And as they hug it out, an officer walks over and asks if they know why Ben would want like them dead. And both of them are like, "Nope, nope, us? No, I don't know. I'm nope. real, no man." Uh, not to me. Nope. <laughs> we might look like fish. I don't, I don't know. Nope. 
they like pull the net out of the water, but the cops, because I guess they're fishing for Ben's body, the only thing they pull out of the water is his hand still attached to the hook. Um, but the cop makes a point, to, or the officer, I don't know if he's a cop, I don't know what he is, makes a point to say, like, uh, the body will turn up. He usually does. Or they usually do. Something yeah. like that. Um, one year later, Julie is on the phone at school talking to Ray, and she tells him that she made the dean's list. Clearly her life's turned around. And that she uh, has to get in the shower. So then somebody yells out to her that she has some mail. She goes to look at the mail, and it looks just like the writing from the letter the year previous. So she starts getting that PTSD shit going on. And she opens it to find it's just an invitation to like a pool party. So relieved, she gets back into the shower room, which is all filled with steam at this point. And written on the mirror is the words, I still know. And as she's looking at the words, a figure in a slicker bursts through the mirror to a black screen with credits. The original ending, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Was supposed to have... Like an email saying, like, I still know. Yeah. It just was an email that said, I still know. Yeah, but the director to... hated the idea. So he purposely filmed it in the most boring way possible. This way, when they did the test screenings, it did fucking terrible. And then the executives were like, that's it. Refilm this. Do something different with the ending. He's like, all right, I'll write something up. But he already had it written. <laughs> and then they, yeah. So he purposely, like, did that. And so that was the story of the hash slinging slasher. Yep. From 1997, I know what you did last summer. All right, so uh, we want to go first. One. So, how's the guy alive at the end if he had no hand? He has a hook for a hand now. He is the urban legend. He is the Candyman. So, yeah. Obviously, if you watch the second one, you know it was a dream. But I didn't see it. Spoilers. Spoilers in the second one, she like wakes up and it's a dream. Oh, like that part? Yes. No. Because I think. I asked you that. Oh, you told me you well, were talking about it on the podcast. That's why, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you said you didn't know if you saw the second one. But I'll go first. I, or did I go? I don't Whatever. I'll, I'll go, go first. You picked, Rob. So, I, I. this is another one of those movies from the 90s I love. The Scream, Valentine, you know, Urban Legend, all the teen slashers. Like, these are my the movies I love. And I love this movie still. And other than a few stupid things in the beginning, like I said, where the audio's fucked up because that's how it is like the backgrounds as loud as the actors uh, that's the only thing that really irritates me with this movie there isn't anything I think they could do different to make it better maybe like the kill scenes could be bloodier or not or they could show more but I don't think they need to I agree and um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I don't have anything bad to say about this movie because mm-hmm. I love the cast I think they all do a really good job I think they they do what they were. They signed up for, or their character is supposed to do. Do you have a favorite kill or least favorite kill? I honestly didn't think about because I know there's only like what six. Yeah, um, and a lot of them you obviously like. Elsa, you see her get slapped by. You don't really see many because a lot of them are just like quick. Like the only one that was like is Max in the beginning when he gets it through the throat. Like that one's cool because it like you know because you see the hook is pointed right at his throat when he. He puts it up there and he gets yeah. him good. Other than that, like, I would give this an 8 out of 10. I absolutely love this movie. And I can't wait to hear what you guys say. Kyle, what do you think? So, I give it a 9 out of 10. Okay, son of a bitch. Because I actually, like, really like this movie. No, I would have gave it a 9 out of 10 if the beginning didn't have that fucking audio. I hate that. It irritates me so much. Well, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I think the kills are pretty basic, which doesn't 
hurt the movie. Um, I think my least favorite kills are both Helen and Barry because I think they get killed, but it's like from far away and you don't really see anything. Mm-hmm. My favorite kill is um, probably I don't want to say Max, maybe the fisherman, how his hand gets cut off like that. I mean, he's presumed dead, but yeah. Watch the second one. Yeah. But if if I can't pick him, then yeah, I guess Max. I don't really know. Uh, because there's not many kills in this. But the story has like a, a twist, and it's not the most convoluted twist, but it's a it's a twist nonetheless. And I, I think watching it, like you assume like obviously it ain't the fisherman because he's dead. So but then when it is, it's not a bad twist, honestly. Um there's I love the actors in this, all of them. Freddie Prince, I think, like I said earlier, I think he's the weak link here, but I think it's his character is just a pussy boy, and that bothers the shit out of me. That yeah. he just doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's so calm throughout everything. Yeah, um, and it's definitely a movie of its time. And but Kevin Williamson is a genius. I mean, he's wrote so many fucking things that like he he definitely had his fingers on the pulse of society at the time. Uh, Did you say pulse of the maggots. Yes, I think it's a simple slasher. I like slashers, but it, it's a simple one. And I think for even its time, things were more tame then. Kind of mm-hmm. sucks for the time, but that that's what society called for. This is around... Well, this was right before um, Columbine, right? Yeah, Columbine, Columbine was 99. 99. So, like, I I don't want to say like it was full-fledged like blame media for everything yet, but, I mean, that shit had already started up. So, I mean, movies like this couldn't be too outrageous. Uh, some of the jump scares still get me. At the end when he still jumps through the... I feel like every movie we do, you say that. Um, this movie was actually filmed in like six and a half months, which is really... Like filmed, edited, put out yeah, in they, like six and a half yeah, months. Yeah, they filmed for 50 days though, which yeah. is crazy for almost two... This took two months to film almost. That's how most movies are like two to three months, I think, to film. And then the rest of the time is like editing and like uh, post-production stu- like and then they put it out. It usually takes about a year. And this was... Because they wanted to capitalize on Scream, and they wanted to have it out by the Halloween season, so they did everything in six and a half months and put it out, and this is what we got, and it's fucking awesome. To me. A lot of people shit on this movie, and they think that, like, what are you waiting for part is fucking cheesy as fuck, and it sucks, but I think, honestly, that that seems so iconic. Who doesn't know that? Mm. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, but with a reboot was written already by... Um, Mike Flanagan and Jeff Howard, who created Oculus and Ouija or Origin of Evil. Yeah. But they handed in the script, but like nobody's ever called them back about but it. But I think they recently they said Netflix was interested. That would be awesome. Cause yeah. Ne- I mean, Netflix. Because I was going to bring it up things. after you talked because yeah. I totally forgot about that. And I was like, aren't they supposed to remake this or reboot this or something? Yeah. I know they talked about it and they already wrote it. But those movies are more like paranormal, aren't they? Yeah. I've never seen yeah. Oculus, so I don't know. It is. And that's, <laughs> it's very demon-oriented. Like That's the only part that kind of concerns me because I'm not down with that shit. And I think if they're going to do it, they need to just keep it a slasher yeah, and don't stray too much from it. Um, and that's pretty much everything for me. What's up, Rob? You, you let us know how you feel. So this movie was a lot of fun for me to revisit. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But what was crazy to me is that even though I haven't seen this in so long, so many of the scenes were absolutely fresh in my mind. Like, 
the pageant scene of Helen screaming, you know, with Barry on the balcony. That was so fresh in my mind. I think that it helps that that was in Scary Movie. Maybe, like, the, the parodies there. But, yeah. like, even remember watching this film, like, I, I, it stuck with me. It was one of those, like, same thing with Scream. A lot of that stuff stuck with me. So, for me, I was originally actually going to give it after I watched it, after I immediately watched it, I was going to give it a 7 out of 10. And then, like, I sat on it, and I, and, I, and I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I really, like, thought about it the next day. And I moved it up to an 8. And I, a couple reasons why I moved it to an 8. Or let me, easier for me to explain why I was originally a 7 and how I got to an 8. I was originally in a 7 because of a lot of the nitpicking stuff I started doing. Like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Like, how did you get here? Or that and that. And I, and I realized that I was putting a lot of realistic attributes to a film that was not entirely meant to be ultra-realistic. Um, slash that that would be like me looking at like a Friday the Thirteenth or a Halloween film and like nitpicking that. Oh, I, how how do you get? I know we joke around about yeah. like teleporting Jason. That's and bullshit. How did Jason was all the way across the camp? How did he get there? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like or like Halloween too. Like how you walk that slow through glass? That don't make sense. <laughs> so uh, I realized I was just I I was just being a jerk about it. Like I wasn't really enjoying the film for what it was so then i like thought about it and i said you know honestly the cast is so good even i the freddie prince thing aggravates me a little bit but uh you know sarah michelle geller's great in her role uh as helen i think that she's um perfect and jennifer love hewitt is Amazing! I I I think that she maybe she might be underrated as an actress in a lot of ways. Oh, one hundred ten percent. I think that she just she nails it. She's so believable as the smart girl next door who has been traumatized by something that occurred and is carrying that around with her. I think she does such a great job at that. I think that whole "what are you waiting for" thing, like people laugh at that so much that she doesn't get the credit she deserves. Yeah, but she's great in this. I think people laugh at it, too, because of Scary Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think Scary Movie did a number on this film. Like, without seeing the source material, they just Mm -hmm. know it's made fun of, so they laugh at it. But I would actually be really nervous if Netflix remade this film, because to me, it's such a period piece, and it's so reliant. I cannot imagine another cast being in this film. Uh, It's so iconic. It's got such big... Who would go on to later be heavyweights of the 90s and early 2000s? And they do such a great job. The kills are pretty good. I mean, like I said, they could be a little more gory, but they don't have to be. It's not an essential thing. I don't need it. I think that maybe a little less cutaway would be nice or a little less, like, pull away from the shots. I think they mask a lot of the kills. Uh, my favorite is definitely Max because that's a pretty brutal right up. That sets the tone pretty well. Nice little hook through the bottom of the jaw. Uh, I, I felt that. That was that's pretty nasty. And I think that the music's cool, too. It's got that typical 90s-style soundtrack where we have the eerie music, but we have, like, those bangers that we just throw in there, like, weird covers and stuff. Yeah. So, overall, give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's a quintessential slasher film. I think it should be watched by anybody who says they're a fan of slasher films. And I'm sure maybe at some point we'll do the sequel. But... Maybe. <laughs> oh boy. 
so yeah, that's that's where I stand on it. I'm 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 glad that I picked it and I'm glad that I rewatched it. All right. So that wraps everything up for I Know What You Did Last Summer. And now we'll move on to the next pick. Coming soon to a theater near you. Mark, it's your pick, I believe. So what do you got for us? I almost wanted to do I Still Know What You Did Last (laughs) Summer, but I didn't. And I've picked a movie I almost... I've been thinking about for a while, oh boy. which is The Prowler from 1981. It was 1945, the night of the graduation dance. The war overseas had just ended. The terror at home boy. was about to begin. Roy? Come on, kid. Don't play hard to get. What about New Year's Eve? Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. Tonight, the terror begins again. They never found out who did it. It had to be someone in town, someone who knew that she was called Rose. And Mark, that guy still might be around here. Oh, man, I don't believe this. You're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. Whenever the time was right, he'd come back. The Prowler. If he wants you. He'll get you. Just when you catch your breath, 
It starts all over again. Hell yeah. All right. And also, it's going to be on the Onsen Cinema in November. Which we're all going to. All yes. of us. Which also, I forgot to mention, too. Uh, Onsen Cinema is doing, I know what you did last summer, in Southport, North Carolina, this October, which I would love to go to, but I can't because something's on that day. Um, but I think it's at where they have the pageant. That's where they're showing the movie. Yeah. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, I know. I wish I could fucking go. Yeah. But... Life. Fuck it, let's just not go. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to do the Prowler. I haven't seen it in a couple years, but I'm excited for uh, Ka- Rob. You've never seen it? Nope. But I have to because I need to be at that onset cinema. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I'm assuming you've seen it, right? Yeah. You the Blu-ray. Yeah. No, not the Blu-ray. Uh, I saw it on, uh, but I've, on demand TV. I feel like I'll, I'll get so much more out of onset cinema if I see it first. I don't think they have a Blu-ray for it. They do. I used to have it. Then it's definitely out of print, so it's probably expensive I as hope. fuck. Yeah. All right. So it's only been two days since our last recording, so we don't have any new reviews, but we highly encourage you guys to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. And if you guys do and we get a good review out of you, I'll say we'll save the stickers for four and fives. You can write whatever you want. Be funny. Um, don't use profanity because they won't post it on there. But if we you see it, if we see it and then we read it on the show, you can just message us and we'll send you two stickers that we have um, one for you to do whatever you want with and another one to tag it somewhere give it to your friend I don't really care just try to get our word out there for sure um, but if you want you can always contact us via email at vintagehorrorpod at gmail.com you can find us on Instagram at vintagehorrorpodcast and you can always tweet to us even though nobody's active on there at vintagehorror underscore uh, we will tweet back And uh, that's it for us. See ya. Later. See ya.
Jungle Green.